brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Breaking news. This is an important PSA, which is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your public service announcement and the news you've all been waiting for. I know you have. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the U.S. and Canada. This new trimmer was literally just released today, moments ago. It was released and we are one of the first to get our hands on it, and we get to share the news with you. And with our offer, promo code ITLMLB, you can get 20% off and free shipping worldwide. Brand new 4.0. It is next level stuff. What makes this trimmer different than all the others? New multifunction off and on switch, which engages a travel lock created for people who like to travel. It gives you the ability to turn on the 4K LED spotlight. The new trimmer allows you to customize your trim all over Bogman, all over your places and your stuff and your things with additional guard lengths of sizes one to four. Length is not an easy word to say without sounding like you have an incredible lisp. Without the, <laughs> um, I talk normal, like without the guard length, uh, length. and look wise, it's sleek with the two-tone matte and gloss finish. It's got a wireless charger. Get in on it now. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer exclusively at Manscaped, literally released today. 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code ITLMLB. Use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Let's start the show. This is the In This League Fantasy Podcast Network. In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Online at InThisLeague.com. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Interact and follow the show on Twitter at InThisLeaguePod. Now, here's your hosts, Bogman and the Welsh. 
What's up, friendos, and welcome in to the In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. And this is breaking. We've literally broken into our own podcast, Bogman. <laughs> I'm I'll be DiCaprio. I'm Johnny. Di- I'm uh, Leonardo. Di- I say Johnny DiCaprio. I'm Leonardo DiCaprio. I think you, Johnny DiCaprio is probably more right. And I'm Jer- Jeremy Hill instead of Jonah Hill. So who's a who's a character in Inception? Oh, I don't. I don't remember. That's you. Okay. Sure. That's you. I'm, I'm DiCaprio. Uh, can I be honest you're, for a second? I don't think I've seen Inception. You're the spindle. You're the spindle wheel. You haven't okay. seen Inception? All right. I you're Michael Caine, and I'm Leonardo. We are incepting our own podcast. We've recorded the show. It's done. We had to come back because it's it's actually nutso. In this episode, who I'll introduce, who our guest is shortly, we talk about John Means, and we and I have a debate on John Means. We actually skip that one. We, well, we skip it, and then we come back because there's a dynasty question at the end of this episode. Everything you're going to hear in a couple minutes is before John Means became the Mariner's daddy, before that happened. <laughs> we, we had to come back just because we got to give you the, the lowdown, and we also have to give you context because there's a little bit of John Means in this episode. Thank God I'm super smart, and I take John Means over the guy that we're going to talk about. And the debate we were going to have? I was going to take really? John Means. Yeah, I did. I Listen, listen to the podcast shortly. I took John Means over the guy uh, that we have in this conversation. And on Wednesday, John Means is like the fourth dude. I mean, I know they didn't count one of them, right? They didn't count one of them. But the fourth technical, I'm going to say technical guy, to have a no-hitter already this season, which seems odd. Uh, Madison Bumgarner doesn't get counted for it. John Means threw... What should be a perfect game, but because baseball absolutely hates strike. itself. They hate, yeah. no, no, baseball hates itself. And it wants to make sure it can technically push itself into all the places that we hate. It wants to uh, technify it. That's a word. I'm going to make up this word. It's going to technify itself into obscurity. And that's what they did here. John Means had a strike that was then past the catcher and the wild pitch or however they're countering it took away the perfect game. No errors, no walks, all the strikeouts, no perfect game there. Really stupid. And but their first no, no hitter, their first solo no hitter. Cause they've had some combined no hitters, but their first solo no hitter since like 1967 or something. Jim Palmer was the last one to have one for the Orioles. So, and uh, another no hitter in Seattle. I feel like there's been a couple because I know Felix threw his perfect game there because I remember uh, they had the King's Court and all that stuff. Remember King Felix and they had all of the uh, the yellow signs with the K and the crown on it. So uh, I remember that. Um, I think uh, Felix I feel like also with the what, didn't Philip Umber throw his perfect game in uh, in Seattle as well? I'm pretty sure no he idea. did. Let me go look. Nope, don't know. Uh, but John means a phenomenal freaking game. He had 113 pitches total in there. He was like a 70 percent strike to walk uh, that he was throwing. 60, uh, 53 percent fastball, 31 percent changeup. And guys, let me tell you, I tweeted about it. I watched, uh, I got to tune in because we were also recording some stuff and didn't, I didn't even, I had no comprehension of the John Means no hitter until we were done recording and it was going on. John Means changeup was so utterly disgusting. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's next level. And he threw it 31% of the time today, which had, check this out, Bogman, a 51% CSW percentage. Good CSW Lord. percentage. Uh, it had a 
swing percentage. Like he had 28 swings on it, 14 whiffs, 58% on it. His slider was effective every pitch. His fastball only had 25% CSW, but everything else was over 30. And they were in the nine to seven percentile curve and slider. He was dominant. His changeup was so dominant. No one could do anything. It's one of the sickest pitches I've seen just this year, just in performance wise. And John means what he's done is he furthers the conversation that we start in this episode that plenty of others have talked about as well. It furthers the conversation to a next level because like, we're going to mention John means versus, you know, like a fine dynasty guy. And I'm like, well, I want John means in this instance. And it's beyond that now. And the dynasty and redraft value, like the redraft value is at an all time high. I think there's maybe a conversation. I hate to do it here. Maybe a conversation to put him out there in the streets because everyone is now open to John means. But I think there's something really special out there from a long-term perspective, like for him to do this with the Orioles. And didn't they say that uh, he had not, he had not gone more than seven innings in a start in his big league career. This is his first game. Yeah, I think it was his first game going seven innings. His, uh, I think his career strikeout was eleven, and he ended. What did he get in this game? I went. I just went away from it. He ended up getting a total 12. of yeah, twelve. 10. So he tied. Yeah. He tied that, and it was it was crazy, man. He's throwing everything from str- for strikes. Even in the bo- uh, the eighth and ninth inning, he was reaching back for ninety four, which is not usually where he's sitting. He's usually sitting, you know, like ninety two. At least that's what he was for the majority of it. Uh, he was. Yeah, I think he averaged on this ninety three. So he was reaching up into the ninety fours late in the game. It looked dominant uh, from a dynasty perspective. This is a huge win. Changeup is such a great pitch for strikeout pitcher. And he looks to be on the next level. There's no reason not to buy into this guy. Everything he did here was elite, elite level. Should have been a perfect game. Wouldn't take away that it being a perfect game. And, um, you know, dude, he had a third. I don't even know. If, you know, He had a third. Is that real? That can't be real. That what real? was it? What? He had a 3,500 spin max on his fastball today. It says. That can't. It, I mean, it must be real. One pitch may have done that. 3,500, 3,593 is the max spin he got on a fastball today. And he averaged, though, about just about 2,400. So uh, I don't know. The guy is nuts. Doesn't matter. It's a dominant performance. It's a perfect game. And I wanted to give everybody the the player debate that you had for him, too, in here that we didn't end up doing. Yeah, I wish we would have said it. It was him versus Joe Musgrove. And Musgrove is one of the other guys that threw a no hitter earlier this year. I know that's that crazy. Was the one, and, and we push. You'll hear Bogman go like, "Now nah, let's skip this one." And and it was relevant because there's a dynasty question that comes up asking about John Means versus another guy. Right. So you will hear some of our take prior to this no hitter. This this is a next step. This is a next level. His value has gone up. But I don't think this is a guy that's unsustainable. It's it's similar to me to Joe Musgrove. There might be some bumps. There might be a few bumps and bruises along the way that could happen. I do mention in this he had a hundred percent left on base percentage a hundred and that's not going to change after this game uh his babbit pitching to like a 186 there's some stuff here that's not sustainable for him and this is going to put him on a next level so i think there is something where you could put him out there and potentially look for trades but a lot of what i see is stuff that you can hold on to and you can yeah. keep holding on to with john means and the changeup was phenomenal it's a dominant freaking performance and the fourth not third fourth no hitter <laughs> in one month of baseball is something else 
Yeah, I mean, it's uh, and, and uh, no hitters. You know, I was listening to the radio on my way home today, and uh, they were talking about the John Means no hitter and stuff. And uh, th- they were talking about how they think it's because of the pandemic that there's more no hitters. I think it's just because of the way hitters are now. You know, more three true outcomes and that kind of stuff. More guys swinging for the fences, yeah, more aggression, launch angle up. Yeah, so I think it. I think it's more because of that, and also the Seattle bats have just been ice cold for like three or four yeah. days. Here, yeah, so. Ty France. I mean, he's as yeah. cold as hell, and. John Means or Joe Musgrove? Joe Musgrove still. He, he Joe Musgrove still has way higher K per nine, uh, lower walk per nine. I mean, it might be even uh, the walk per nine now, but the K per nine is still on Joe Musgrove's side, and they both have no hitters. So you know you can't break it down by by well, John Means just threw a no hitter. He's hot. You know, uh, lots of guys coming off of those get roughed up too. So. Uh, for me, it's still going to be Musgrove. Yeah, I mean, I think if I'm looking long, long term, he's on the better I, team I, too. It's I the didn't, I didn't answer the Orioles. Yeah, because I didn't answer the Joe Means Joe Musgrove one. But the the question we're going to talk in Dynasty, I did pick John Means. I think I would go Joe Musgrove still rest of season because um, you are right. I mean, it's it's still a dominant like walk percentage that he's being able to maintain and he's on a better offensive team. And I think there's some reality that's already sat in where there is some reality that has not touched John means yet. And it's just freaking dominant. So yeah, um, I, I think from a dynasty perspective, I'm a buyer. I'm like an overall type of a buyer, but from a this year, you know, dangle him out there, but Hey, what, guess what? That, that Philip Umber, uh, no, uh, perfect. Perfecto was in Seattle, by the way. So okay. there've been at least three, uh, three no hitters in Seattle, but we can set their own podcast to come back in. So the podcast is even longer than usual, Jesus. And, uh, we got a great guest for you today, which now we'll get back to the original part of the podcast and tell you totally going to seamlessly interchange right here. You'll want to know the difference. Joining us on the podcast today is a brand new guest it is michael govier from the hey it's enrico palazzo fantasy baseball podcast (laughs) an absurdly ridiculous name for (laughs) an absurdly ridiculous person and i love him i love him for it i uh, i'd recently (laughs) given him a shout out on uh on justin uh, justin mason's tgfbi podcast when we were talking about being different in the industry and i think there needs to be more entertainment there you want more personalities algorithms are great New stats are great. You know, the, the X, X WAP, you know, little X WAP or whatever people X WAP. It sounds like something I was watching on the hub yesterday. (laughs) I think it might be, (laughs) it might be available on a premium subscription, (laughs) to be honest with you. All of those are great and we want those, but we also want the development of characters and people. And uh, that's what Michael is. And we're going to have him on uh, the podcast today. And he has a very unique podcast name. It's beyond ours. It's, I mean, it's literally a full, it's not just like a couple words. It's a sentence. Hey, it's really, it's Enrico Palazzo's fantasy baseball podcast. There's no S on it. The Jake Peralta bit when he was like, is the, is the rest of the book just more of the title? You know, is that, is that how Kobe <laughs> yeah. is? Is the rest of the show just more of the title? Is that all it is? Yeah. I kind, well, I now, kind now of, I got to look up XWAP later because not now I, uh, I'm like, Ooh, is this new well, category? What is that? You, you might have to create it. There might, that might be Bogman. <laughs> you know, that might be your contribution to society Bogman as you can, no, you making can have XWAP. <laughs> you can have ex- expected. <laughs> I think your XWAP is a hundred percent. If you know what I'm trying to say, <laughs> and my, my XWAP is low recently. So well, your you know, XFAP, your XFAP, yeah, my is XFAP is very high. Very, very high. XFAP, X-WAP designed, very, yeah. X-Fap divided by XWAP. Yeah. <laughs> 
What is uh, it? Zero divided by zero is still zero. So, you know. It's kind of amazing that uh, Manscaped definitely fits kind of like our scheme. It's amazing we never got one of the. Remember the old school? Like, there was Mark a Marin? line in the Manscaped ad. I just have to say, Welsh, that you were like, I'm not reading that one. Good, there are, good God. I have no boundaries to it. I really don't. I don't care. Any n- None of it makes any sense or, or matters to me. But there was a line where I was like, I'm not going to read That's that a bit last. Much, right? It was a bit much. But remember like the old Mark Marin podcasts where it was like, you know, who, who was like the one you'd always have like stamps.com, but then you would have the, what, what is it? The, like the online site for adult toys um oh yeah adam and eve adam and eve of course bogman would know it immediately yeah. <laughs> adam and eve yeah, what are you it, it adam and eve has had uh ads in everything for always they, Except, they were they were on That's the dvds they were before you could watch any scenes that was the ad but they're not and doing a good job I every magazine yeah. i couldn't even remember them anymore oh, so i'm just saying like them. I'm surprised that they, you know, reached out to us, you know, Bogman with his brand new X FAP and X WAB expected, <laughs> expected, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> Good Lord. Whatever, well, market, market. But whatever it is, we've got that for you. This is what ITL is all about, friendos. But we got Michael on. That'll be fun. We've got some player debates that we're going to be talking about today. We've got some listener questions and um, some buy lows, kind of a, a trigger off of the last episode we did. Speaking of the last episode we did, literally minutes, like minutes, 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 when, <laughs> minutes, minutes before as the episode minutes when it dropped minutes, Luis, Robert, <laughs> he's like uh, Louis CK minutes, minutes, um, <laughs> it's just so focus. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Minutes. <laughs> it's uh, so stupid. We're so stupid. We're so stupid. I spit on myself. Um, <laughs> within minutes of the podcast releasing, we're like, "Oh yeah, hey, the Twitter doctor said two to four weeks for Luis Robert. That's probably what it is. That kind of sucks. We'll be okay yeah. with that. And weeks with months. You know, the Twitter doctors were wrong. You guys have wrong, left, wrong, dealt with wrong, this wrong." I was completely wrong. 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 I was wrong. Wrong. I was completely wrong. 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 I was three to four months, pretty much a season. He's yeah. out. He had, it was a grade three, which is like a tear, which is unbelievable. I mean, if you knew the injury and then you look at the video, you're like, oh, okay. But you look at the video, you're like, oh, it looks like he pulled up hammy and then he falls down. Nope. Complete tear out three to four months. And he's as good as cut. They said he can't like maybe at the end of July, he could start doing activities up. So maybe you could get him back at the very end. If you have an IL, you put him there, but I I think he's cut worthy. And then the other one, which we completely just crossed over. We're like, Oh, you know, Dustin may a little bit of an injury. That's not good. Yeah. It's really not good. Tommy John, Tommy John and Luis Rock three to four months lost two major guys. What are we supposed to do? Like, I, our guy Brand was like, this is like emergency podcast worthy. And I, you defined it perfectly for me because I was like, no, I'm like, well, we just did a podcast, so I don't think so. And then Bogman pointed out emergency podcasts are for trades. And I was like, oh, trades you're only. right. They right. are trades only. Yeah. So he was traded to, you know, the wire uh, to be done for. But that was that. It was like, we literally, we even waited 
by the way. Like we did the podcast, uh, you know, 12 hours, 14 hours later than we usually do. We released it like mid Monday and we got, you know, Hey, Robert's on the IL, which we might not have if we usually recorded. And then we, you know, we missed it by. Yeah. Seconds. Uh, and, and you know what? Maybe now that we know Tony LaRusso was really being smart opening day by throwing Adam Eaton out there because he just knew all of his outfielders were going to be dead midway through the season. So uh, he wanted to have Adam Eaton out there on opening day instead of Andrew Vaughn. So, or whoever it was, I can't remember who it was, but uh, I mean that they're getting annoyed with him too in Chicago. So he might be out the door fairly quick. Yeah. Oh, it's one of the worst hires in God knows hell. I just it's don't really know. bad. I, 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 I don't know what they were thinking. I just he's got to be black. That's the only thing that makes sense is, you know, he knows where the you bodies know. are buried or something like I don't know what the deal is. He's just so terrible. I don't know. The White, the White Sox, they're really terrible with their decision making. You know, like Ozzy Guillen is, was fun, but he's not good. And they're just they're just bad at picking like leadership they're bad with Ozzie, leadership ozzy won a world series with them at least you know so i guess oh uh, yeah i guess i forgot about that it, so i mean he had some success but he probably because of the world series probably stuck around a little bit too long i mean that. you literally could have picked anybody and it would have been better than tony la Russa. and yeah the yeah, rumors yeah. that the, the player people are getting frustrated and stuff sure because he's horrible he makes horrible decisions he mismanaged andrew vaughn injuries are out there there's a lot of criticism on Chicago's side. I feel like he's just too old to be doing the job anymore. He looks like he's about to fall asleep in post-game interviews. He can barely keep his eyes open. He's just like, you know? I don't know. He he looks he looks like the after picture of alcoholism. I don't mean to be mean about it, but like Jeez. he just but I'm just saying, like he look like I know we all joke and it's just like he's like, oh, he's passed out at the wheel and stuff, but like he looks that part. It's hard to look at him. Because if you've ever seen somebody that's gone through that in their lifetime, like yeah, that no. dude doesn't, he doesn't look healthy. You right, and I right. aren't physically healthy. We look better than what, I mean, maybe not me today. I was struggling oh, I mean, a little bit. I last keep my days, eyes so. open late at night. I'll tell you that much. So there's yeah. that at least. Yeah. Well, at least I don't have any DUIs or anything like that. And then, you know, the Dustin May one is brutal out for the season, probably out for part of next year. I got him. I've got him in our Bogman keeper league and there's just, you know, we have limited keepers and stuff. There's there's nothing for it. I, I held on to Luis Severino going into this year. Dustin May, he's going to miss all of this year. I suspect a vast majority of next year, and then he'll be ramping back up. So th- to me, there's no chance he's a starter until 2023. So that decimates value. You know, that's going to be kind of a, a little bit of a theme of the episode of what to talk about today. This is the damn injuries, yeah. you know, and how we manage it. Unfortunately, I don't want to like always do this, but it has really mounted up. And we had another damn panic. Jacob DeGrom was scratched and everybody freaked the f*** out. Wow. Freaked. I hit it's, my mic. it's it's understandable the freaking out because if you if you spent on Jacob Degrom you passed up a bunch of first rounders now luckily most first rounders aren't playing up to their potential at this point so you're not missing much right now but you know anytime a inj- uh, injury happens to a pitcher you know they flip the coin is this going to be a couple weeks or is this going to be a couple years you yeah. know what I mean that's kind of the this the volatility that we have on him and, so. and this is the volatility like it sucks. I don't think there's any um, there's definitely no like victory lap. The anti pitcher crew for redraft really gets here. They'd be like, oh, see now, nah, like you just you got to you got to put your foot in and redraft. You got to go like in, unless you are a wizard and you can really pick up the late values, you got to invest in pitching. Right. But like this 
reaps back to that dynasty talk where it's just like the investment in pitchers. Like it's rough for me. Just released yesterday is uh, people are watching the dynasty update. And I find it rough sometimes even on myself when I look at like the valued pitchers and, and how I have to put them kind of down further. Like I look yeah. like you really have to decipher value and what your team construction is because, you know, should Wander Franco and Garrett Cole really be in the same vicinity? Like, no, not like in a win now perspective. It's clearly Garrett Cole, but in a future perspective, look at the injuries we've got. Look at the yeah. eyes on the cheating and stuff like that versus hitting. You just have to value hitters more. So unfortunately, no dynasty rank is is you know perfect or set to every single standard because it's not because there's different ways to play but it's just the proof in pitching here dustin may one pitch out jacob Degrom, boom scratch luckily he's only gonna miss one game and then on the inverse as far as like the insane injuries go i i, I can't fathom this bogs and, and this is one of those where like had we done a not like a re-recording, but like emergency pod or had we not finished our recording, this would a hundred percent been you been like, let's just delete all this conversation. It's Christian Yelich, Christian Yelich. Oh. We are talking about the trade backs and you know, he's coming back and I, I was pressing you Yelich versus I think Lindor and all that stuff. Yelich had not played since I think it was April 11th comes back one game back on the IL. Back on the aisle. We're going to talk with Michael about, so you don't have to go crazy on it, but we're going to talk to Michael about Yelich and how you approach it here. But, you know, you go on about injuries and the prones and keeping up. I don't know how you can stay on the Christian Yelich train at all at this point. No, I don't think you can. You know, it's uh, the the back injury. It they And they clearly rushed him back. You know what I mean? Uh, or he rushed himself back and he told everyone he was fine when he really wasn't. One of those two things happen and it's just, it's absurd to rush someone of Christian Yelich's status back this early in the season. Don't you want him but for the was playoffs? It, but was don't it you a want rush? him healthy? This, this it clearly a, was. And no, I don't know who's, got I don't know whose fault it is. I mean, it was either, you know, him rushing back and saying he's good when he's not, or the coaching staff and trainers saying, You're good, right? Let's get out there. We didn't see any structural damage. And he goes back out there and hurts himself again. I mean, maybe he was good and took a weird swing. I guess that's in the realm of possibilities too, or whatever, but it's just so stupid to, to rush a guy of that caliber back. Cause you want him for the playoffs and you want him to be healthy for the rest of the season. So let him sit as long as he needs to sit and then bring him back when he's 100% good. Not, I think I'm good and I can go. It's just well, stupid. I mean, I think that's now, I don't agree with that. And the before I think they you know, just ran his course. He had his thing. They did the thing. He's back. He wants to play. He gets out there. And he reaggravates it. These back injuries are the worst. I mean, we've seen it like Clayton Kershaw dealt with it. Guess what? It's also it's that age. There, there, there seems to be with certain players, maybe more pitchers and whatnot, but there's definitely that transition from like you're in your, and by the way, this is a life lesson for everybody as well, because can confirm that you are not the same person in your thirties that you were in your twenties. Things start happening in your thirties that you're like, uh, no, <laughs> like, why is that? What is happening with that thing? That should go away and stop. You can't do the same things for an athlete, for these guys, ultimate athletes working out all the time. They're structurally, their body just all alters and changes. There's some, seems to be something in, and it's weird in baseball too, because like that prime age is like that 27, 28 area. But like when you get in your thirties, 
you know, like right in that 30 to 32. But I'm just saying, like when you get into that 30 to 32, maybe that super skinny body is just adjusting at 30 to 32. There is an adjustment in in who you are I mean, and, look, how, we, and how you do say, your stuff. I'm just saying like there, there, there's an adjustment period. Maybe but, but, he's going into being injury prone. Maybe this oh, is his and, body and that, for the next year. If you want to label him as injury prone, I don't have an issue with that because he's been hurt two years in a row and now he's hurt a third year in a row. So I'm, I completely understand labeling him as injury prone. I, I'm with it, you know, and that's why he was 10 or whatever on most boards instead of in the top five. You know, in the last time he played he 150 been, games, uh, 2019, 2017 was the last 2017? time he played 150 games at least. How many how many games did he play the year he won the MVP? Wasn't that 2018 or 2019? Uh, he played 130. Uh, 130. Okay. Yeah, he so, had 44 homers, 30 stolen bases. The year before that, he had 147. And like games. I said, you can mark him as, as injury prone, but this isn't an injury prone thing. This is a stupid thing, one way or the other. Whether it's his fault or the club's fault, I don't know who's to blame here, mm-hmm. but. You know, uh, rushing him back is definitely something that happened, and there's faults on both sides for that. So it's dumb. He came back from one game and went back on the IL. So hopefully he'll be back within a couple of weeks. But are you, are obviously, you, well, no promises. We're going to talk to Michael, but are you buying? Would you buy? No, I don't think I would. No, you know, I don't no, think I would. No I think he's going to miss too much time. So yeah, didn't pass. you? Didn't you say you said Yelich over Lindor four days ago? Lindor over Yelich right now? No. I, I honestly, I don't want either one of them. Lindor looks freaking miserable. He looks so terrible. I think he's like one for his last 20. He's awful. I honestly, I don't know on that one. They're both really bad. And I have Lindor in our home league. So he's no. just killing me right now. It's not good. We're um, talking to Govier about Lindor as well. Just as I like celebrated how awesome I am about Alex Kirilov. Uh, he's gone. He uh, missed Tuesday's game with a wrist injury. He's going to see a specialist, which is not good. And he also had a wrist injury coming into 2019. uh, Yeah, 2019 AFL at the end of the 2019 season. He had a wrist injury that kept missed some serious time. He came back in the playoffs. He didn't come play in the AFL. I talked to Royce Lewis about this because of that wrist injury. And that sucker creeped back up. So just as he was incredible, he's amazing. He's hitting everything. He's awesome. Oh, Welsh, you're so right. Oh, Kuda, flowers, all the accolades. He's gone. And he's hurt right now. And we'll see how serious it is. And I guess this is, uh, he's going to see a specialist. And I guess this is the same risk that he had hurt in a minor league season before. So don't like to see that. <laughs> I mean, I just said that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I was, I would, you know what I was doing? I was looking to see how many games it's been since Francisco Lindor's got a hit. You're so mad about Lindor. <laughs> a- April 27th was the last time he had a hit. He's 0 for his last 24. So I'm sorry. I spaced that, out when you were talking. You do not have to apologize. Just the <laughs> listeners and I both just had a moment where I was like, wait a minute. You just repeated like breaking news, the literal things. I'm like, oh, I, I broke all this down. Like, hey, you know, he was out for this time, blah, blah, blah. He's seen a special. We'll see. When did, like, he, when did he hurt the wrist before? I don't know. I said at, at the it? end of the 2019 season. The end of the That's, 2019. Yeah. And then okay. I talked to Royce Lewis about it, but it was so special because you're like, wait, you're like, and I want to add to what you had. Yeah. To yeah. Say. Yeah. He yeah. Also- <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to be professional. I totally biffed it because I was counting up how many at bats. Francisco Lindor has been since he's had a hit 
24 at bats since he's had a hit. By the way, I sent you that that thing from uh, Bleacher Report or whatever, or the score or something. Did you see the uh, the gender reveal of the guy oh uh, taking his hat <laughs> and so just good. completely missing? So uh, Bubba, I sent it to Bubba too, and he sent me one back. And I guess Barstool had posted the same thing and it said, congrats to Francisco Lindor on another baby. (laughs) (laughs) This poor, this poor son of a bitch was trying to do this gender reveal thing. And his wife was underhanding a balloon to him and he was supposed to hit it with the bat and, you know, it explodes to show it pink or blue for a boy or girl. These things are getting absurd. No, they they make like these special gender reveal baseballs. I think that's what it was. It was like a bait because they'll blow up and smoke and stuff. And he swung like six times, missed it. Then he just decided he missed it it himself every time. Yeah. Then he picked it up, threw it to himself, whiffed again. It was so pathetic. Who gets a hit first, that guy or Lindor? Oh, that guy. I mean, Lindor has been terrible. At least Lindor is going up against big league pitching. This dude's just going up against his wife, you know, soft lobbing it to him. Hey, Bogman, did Alex Kirilov had a wrist? A it wrist was the same before? wrist that he had hurt before, <laughs> I guess. I didn't know that. That was one of my favorite moments of all time because you were so straight faced on it. And it was it literally had stopped speaking. And you're like, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, Francisco Lindor is gone for uh, 0 for 24. I mean, the minute. You quit saying I uh, I said the wrong thing. The man at man at. Hey, guys, if you guys want to support us because we are getting wacky here, we need you guys. Come and check us out. Patreon.com slash ITL Army. You can join up. I got brand new prospect ranks up. I've got the dynasty ranks up. You guys might want to check those out. We've got live streams. We've got comedy secret shows. We've got the group me rooms and we got tons more. Bogman's been doing football. Uh, we got new people in, as captains and lieutenants in the group me rooms. We've got baseball prospect one stuff. We've got, you know, like we got investing room I and mean, we got tons of stuff. It's kind of like a lifestyle thing. But either way, you guys want to support us, Bogman and the Welsh. You want some of the cool stuff. You want to be a part of the audio universe. Check us out. Patreon.com slash ITL Army. It is actually we're recording this on Cinco de Mayo, which I didn't even realize. So it's the beginning of the month. Killer time to sign up. I got a, 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 it's called a break this league event. I'll be doing sometime in mid May where we'll talk prospects. We'll do some memorabilia. I got some giveaways, uh, do some razzes of some incredible stuff with prospect autographs. So we do lots of cool, unique things and you know, five bucks is an entry place. So come and support your boys just for some minutes. That's annoying now. It was the same wrist. That Kirloff had hurt from before. And he's seen a specialist. Just saying. You should you should be like, and it's the best time to sign up. <laughs> and it's only Cinco de Mayo. I didn't even realize it was Cinco de Mayo. So I, who knew I that? didn't either. Thank you yeah. for letting us know about that. Uh, in other quick news before we get to Michael, Keston Hira. Bye-bye. Sawyer. As my uh, as a friend of mine says, night night. He says she <laughs> says to her uh, two year old kid, she goes night night. I go Keston Hira night night. You go bye bye. And I have seen interesting though that we should get him on. It's Fantasy Central, I think, is a Twitter handle. He's been very outspoken and adamant that like, oh, this is it. As soon as he gets cut, go pick up Keston Hira. He's gonna kill it. There's a part of me, and I think you guys know this is is how I've talked about Keston Hira that is kind of with that and believes that, that I, I believe Keston Hira can fix this. I believe he can get right. I don't know if it can happen this year. And I don't know if it's worth chancing it for this year. So I'm not sure I agree in a redraft standpoint 
in a dynasty or, you know, whatever, I'm still kind of into a buy-ish low because he's got to get right. And I, I just believe he can. He, you know, technically, he only has about a full season worth of at-bats under his belt from 2019. I just point that out. 169 very not nice games that he's played. And in his major league career, if you take a look at the cumulative He's technically had 33 homers, 13 stolen bases, and a 251 batting average. So I just want to mind you, as everybody is taking a huge crap on Kesson here and how garbage he is, if you span out his major league time, 251 with 33 homers and 13 stolen bases, that's a top three-round player. But he has completely fallen off the board, and his strikeouts have gotten worse. So that's got to get fixed. Can it? I think it can. I don't know if it's worth it this year speculating. So I would, I would hesitantly speculate like from a distance, probably not this year, but in redraft, I'd be into it. But uh, Kesson here, night night. Sorry. Uh, night, yeah. Night. It, it sucks that he's gone. And you know, look, of I mean, course, it doesn't, it's good. Uh, well, I mean, if you paid for him, I didn't pay for him anywhere. I was too busy yeah, taking DJ LeMayhew and Cattell Marte. So, uh, but <laughs> that's the, working out. Yeah. Well, I mean, not, not uh, about as good as Kesson here. So, uh, but yeah. better than Francisco Lindor. So, uh, I, I th- this this sucks, and he can definitely turn around and come back. It's you know you go down, you get your head right, whatever it is, whatever's screwing up with him, and he can absolutely get right. So I'm 100 with you there. But there's no reason to invest in this year. Nothing. Who knows how long it's going to take? You know, it could take him two months to get right. So that, you're well, here's what I would be stash doing. him on your roster for that long. Nah, I, I'd be waiting to see if any words out of the alt side camp with some positives. He, he's just like, unfortunately, he's one of those guys. You got to get some positive returns right now until you, you speculate, unless it doesn't cost a whole bunch. So uh, this was the necessary evil. And unfortunately, it didn't work. Uh, Juan Soto activated from the IL. Thumbs up. Alberto Mondesi. Hey, Mondesi out in rehab. Mondesi. Dog. Yeah, thank Could God. Uh, Next week. Need him in a couple spots. So Me too. let's go. TGFBI have been out all season and I'm not holding strong, but I'm, you know, in the middle. I'm right in the middle <laughs> in my league. So if I can just, if I can get Cattell back and I can get Mondesi back, uh, Mondesi, I'm sorry, we could do something, but could start a rehab assignment next week, which would probably put him on late May as a return, which is brutal that you've almost lost two months of him. Luke Voigt, he started a rehab assignment in AAA, which by the way, Bogman, minor league season started last night which is yep. pretty cool. I would have probably live streamed with some of the guys, except I was uh, feeling under the weather. So I did not do so, but he was out there. I think he was two for four. You're probably looking at Voight being able to come back next week. So um, for all you Voight truthers, there's a positive. It's nice to get that. Key Brian Hayes faced some live batters on the first time on Tuesday. And Carlos Carrasco threw a simulated game on Tuesday, hit 96 on the gun, probably gets a start. So I think Hayes, Carrasco, and Voight are all guys we could pick back up next week. And yeah, yeah, I would be interested in trying to buy on Hayes right now if uh, if it were a possibility out there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who's going to sell him right now, but especially if he comes back and just doesn't look quite right to start, there may be people getting some frustration because, you know, you wait for this guy. Yeah, he wait for this guy to come around. He gets out there. And he sucks once you finally wait for him and you cut whoever was, you know, most of the time when you cut someone, you pick up whoever's a hot bat, too. So you get extra frustrated. So yeah. if he sucks for a week, I think his value could be even lower in a week or two. 
Yeah, I think it's a possibility. Uh, Nico Horner was placed on the IL. Hinge and Ryu's coming back Thursday. J.D. Davis on the IL. Uh, Alejandro Kirk is going to miss six weeks with hip surgery. And Rugnet Odor left with what looked like a last uh, nasty leg injury. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, my God. You almost got through all I of it. Almost got, you almost tell? got through all of it I before was, that sneeze. I was trying to get all of it in right before I had to sneeze. That was like falling right at the finish line. I felt three feet from the finish line and Bogman passed me up. <laughs> that was the weirdest sounding sneeze I've ever had in my life too. <laughs> Ruggie Odor left with, uh, it was like a nasty leg injury, home plate collision. Uh, I mean, those last ones are like kind of the who cares crew. Uh, I mean, I'm a Nico guy in Hinge and Ryu, but the others I just don't really care well, about. Well, Nico, so. that one was so, I don't know what we're, they're doing. Here. We're going to talk about it with Michael because Michael's got a uh, he's got an axe to grind with uh, the some of the specifics that actually happened with Nico Horner. So let's just get to it. Michael Govier from Hey, it's the Enrico Palazzo podcast joining us for the first time on the podcast right after this. In minutes. Minutes. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's in this league. No one uh, asked you anything ever. So whomever's name is in this league. Why don't you take a letter opener and stick it in your skull? Hey. That man right there with us. He is Michael Govier with an absolutely bewildered look on his face that most of you can't see. But you can catch him over on the Palazzo podcast. At least that's the Twitter handle. It's the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo and a whole lot of other podcasts. Something we need to talk about. Find him on Twitter at MJ Govier, G-O-V-I-E-R. Michael Govier in the house. What's up, buddy? Woo! Yay! Yippee! <laughs> I am excited to be here. Thank you so much, gentlemen. This is a big moment for me. I'm going to look at this as actually one of those like... Uh, you know, putting the pencil on the wall as you get taller. You watch your kid grow up. I'm going to make that as a marker in my podcasting slash streaming, whatever it is, content creating career. I'm very excited for this moment, and I'm grateful to be here. Are you oh, sure it's not the Steve Buscemi one from uh, Billy yeah, Madison lipstick. or whatever? Yeah, he puts the lipstick on, and he's like, I don't have to kill you guys anymore because you had me on your show. It's not a list. We definitely can push people in that direction. So don't put it past <laughs> us that we can get there. But at least today, Michael, you have you've put a notch in the wall and you're getting all grown <laughs> up, I guess. But uh, we I appreciate all the, the nice words. I was pumping you a little bit over on the uh, TGFBI podcast. You and I really had no like true interactions. And what was hilarious is I had said some stuff and you went to hit me up and you're like, Hey, I want to say, like, talk to you, but you don't follow me. So you made a video about it. And I got to tell you, man, 
you are just in my feed all the time because of the crew of people that uh, you kind of hang out with and stuff. I just didn't know. I just didn't know because it's like I'll see something from you like every day or every other day. So I just didn't think twice about it. But you and I connected. And as I had said on the TGFBI, not even trying to be weird about it, because then after the fact, uh, Boggs, I never told you this, but so in the podcast, we did this big conversation about like, the class of podcast crews, you know how there's like the old guard and there's this new guard. And I was talking about how it's like a draft class every year now. Maybe. Yeah. You know, like they grow up together, but like Justin, you Bogman, you, me, and like Justin, we came up in like a crew of people. It was like and stuff like that. But I had this moment because then Justin like allowed me to like start cussing and I started cussing a bunch. And then like after the podcast came out, Steve Gardner was like, this is a great podcast. And I went, Oh no, Steve heard me. <laughs> it was like dad, even though he's not, and I'm not trying to say it like that, but I respect you so much. I was like, don't listen to that podcast. I said so many naughty words but in it. I was talking about the kind of, um, it just how it is. It's how you describe yeah. it. There, there's different crews of podcasting out there. Michael, you are, I think obviously you're part of kind of the, the new crew over. I would say the new crew is like the last two or three years of people that have, you know, really like started putting themselves out there and consistently doing work and not just doing 12 podcasts and then giving up because they don't have, you know, all the numbers and they're not being invited on sleeper on the bus and stuff like Pod that. Fade class. Yeah, exactly. So you are kind of in that new crew and that hustle and you kind of do what we do, man. I see, you know, you got a, a ton of podcasts that you're doing. You started up Roto fanatic. I mean, you got a whole bunch of stuff going on, man. It's an exciting time. Uh, it's also a challenging time. It's not easy to do what I'm doing, but uh, you have to stick to it. I, I don't need to tell you guys this. You've already yeah. lived it. I mean, you guys are slightly ahead of where I'm at because you've been doing this for a long time, as you should. You've earned everything you got, in my opinion, so far. But I I am totally cool with being wherever I'm labeled. I really, in the end, I don't really give a hoot about labels so much, but I, I do appreciate the you know, the conversation about who's who and where they come from and the groupings. I'm, that's what we do in sports. and That's what we do with fantasy baseball analysis. So I'm not opposed to that at all. But in the end, I'm an older guy. I'm 40. So it's not like I'm young either. I'm just like a late bloomer who decided to stop screwing around and stop coming up with every excuse in the book. Start getting this real. Is, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it, was, it, finally, it came to that moment in the real world where things started getting real. And I got honest with myself and I just started saying, you know what, I'm just going to do. And it sounds really lame and cheesy to say that, but I just started to do, 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 do. And I'll just keep doing things. And if they lead me to places like being on In This League podcast right now, that's fantastic. And I'll just keep doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And then also like the, the the classism of podcasts isn't about how people listen. It's about just when no. people come in, you know, Justin Bogman and I, we've been doing this for uh, seven years, him six years. There's a, there's a, there's a new crew podcaster, different things are different, but you are a little bit more like our breed. You know, you are a sole podcaster in video and you do stuff uh, on your own and people should check you out and give you some good credit. I, I think you're doing interesting stuff and that's what I think should be going out in the industry. So like I said to you offline, keep up the hustle, my friend. Keep rocking. And I love that RE20. It looks like you have uh, that you've got there. Is that an RE20 microphone? It's a RE27. I mean, Ooh. With okay. seven spots higher. Okay. Well, seven points <laughs> higher. It's okay. I truly don't know what the difference is between. There might be like a nerds. modifier on the bottom or something. But yeah, that's I don't, I'm like. So- Someone asked me, they're like, what kind of microphone do you have again? And I had to text Chris. What do I have? What is, what like, is this again? I don't know what it's called. So yeah, it's an SM58. That's an SM58. Yeah, it came with my right. so. so check him out. The, um, 
you, you definitely showed your age though with your podcast name. What was your, <laughs> the, hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. You showed your cards a little bit. Uh, I, I I'm into the uh, very hyper specialized type of stuff, the very niche thing. And you did that with your name. Was there any, have you run into any challenges by having such a obscure, especially fantasy baseball? It's not just like, hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. And that was the name. You're like, it's the Enrico Palazzo fantasy baseball podcast. Like you have an entire <laughs> sentence in there. You probably talked about it before, but you realize how much you showed your age with it. And I love the uniqueness, by the way. I sure did, Chris. I, uh, <laughs> I did. Hey, well, let me tell you, I've made many mistakes in my life, and this is just another one <laughs> in the old bucket behind me. But no, Palazzo podcast actually flows quite well. That is the alliteration. Uh, yeah, that does. And you shorten it on all the handles. People like that. You know, two L's, two Z's works well. People like that. That caught on quite well. But you're right. The whole long phrase of the entire sentence is a bit much. Uh, yes, it's a movie from 1980. I thought you just uh, contracted George R. R. Martin to write the uh, the title of your <laughs> podcast. That's what I thought it was. Well, uh, my partner Deary actually was he was pretty upset about. it. He's like, "This is stupid. We like this movie, <laughs> you know, but no one's no one's ever gonna you know get into a podcast with a dumb name like this." What was the movie oh, again? Cog, we were just talking about this. What was the movie? The Naked, Naked Gun. Naked Gun. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. You know, because it's so ironic. But I worked. Um, <clears throat> I think I could talk. I'm horrible about this because they're all dead. But I can talk about this. I worked with somebody that was related to Leslie Nielsen. And, oh. and it was like, they would tell me all these things that was going on with it in, in the naked gun world. And there was like a state stuff that was happening. And these people were psychos, like the, the whole crew of all the people. So it's just like one of those, all tiny, the Nielsen's no, not even the Nielsen's, but the people that potentially might've been married into specific type of people that are right around hey. here and that type of connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always, and I always think that I can't think of like Leslie Nielsen anymore. Cause I grew up on the naked gun movies and all that type of stuff, but I can't even think anymore outside of that specific person. But like, I'm all for it. Cause Bogman, I do it all the time. I'm like, Hey, let's reference space balls. But what a, be what better way than me referencing space balls and you referencing naked gun to really connect with that new crew of baseball people. We're, we're doing, <laughs> but we do it our own way, but we do it our own way, Michael. So I appreciate it. So naked gun. Okay. So I don't even remember. I don't even remember. Which also has a colon from the files of police squad. So it's even, longer yeah. title technically <laughs> mm, okay so i mean you were really falling in line with that you just like yeah it's out of control the nielsen stuff okay all right well i love it and uh i'm with it let's get into some stuff are you ready this is something you do by the way and outside of unlike just us being chaotic and crazy you also like to talk about some fantasy baseball so you ready Hell to do yeah. that that's what the show's about i'm ready to rock let's do it yeah well if people listen to the first half an hour that might not have been the amount of bullcrap that bogran and i did and the <laughs> chaos that we went through sometimes it's not just about fantasy baseball but today it is you had a video uh you put up and that's something i i dig about you michael is you like to just do random videos all the time you're definitely a video guy and you put up a video which i love ruffling feathers you ruffled the weekly league feathers out there and yeah. you were like, what is happening with this? So I'm going to give you the floor for a minute because the injuries are mounting across the board. It's super frustrating from Luis Robert to Dustin May. And Nico Horner seemed to set you off. So this is a the state of injuries in fantasy versus how you're going to make people mad about weekly leagues. Go. I have Nico Horner Almost everywhere. I love Nico Horner. I know the Cubs play the game. You got to subdue them and hold them down so you get that extra year of 
contract wonderfulness, so it's cheap for you, and you know, not really give the player their true value. So I get the game. I drafted him a few times, had to cut him and bring him back. When I finally got him back, he's hitting doubles galore. He's playing quite well, and the Cubs had other injuries, which allowed him to play in the outfield as well, where he would have gained outfield eligibility. But the problem that happened is he suddenly went on the IL on Tuesday. Like, just suddenly with the forearm issue. I hadn't heard anything about this, and i always in touch. I like to think it's part of my job, you know, whether it's doing the videos or the podcast three times a week or the Roto Fanatic stuff. We stay up on what happens every day, and I, start, I posted about weekly leagues being archaic because – with injuries, especially this year, as you mentioned, it just seems like we need to have a little bit more leeway here. When there's a pandemic that happens, maybe we should consider some alternatives. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into because oh, it was yeah. a huge threat of, like, everybody was chiming in. Uh, Makes me so happy. Makes me so <laughs> happy when people do that. And then, like, I just see all – I saw Sammy in there. Just everybody jumps in because – because Bogman and I will always do the crybaby roto thing. Like, I play, play – I probably play more roto than I do head-to-head at this point, maybe, because uh, there's a lot of industry stuff. But the, 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 the foul cry of roto is the only way to play, blah, 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 is still nonsense. It's still it, – that gets into that old guard stuff that we fall into. But I yes. love – you went next level – while attacking weekly leagues. And we play main, I play, I like daily leagues. I mean, I, I think though, and I don't know if anybody said it because I, I can't fathom going through all the threads and stuff like that. But <laughs> Please don't. The, there is so much, and I kind of mentioned this with Justin, I feel like there's so much that's become standard about fantasy baseball because of the old guard big names in doing what they want. So what I'm getting at is like, you know, you have that fab is like this big thing that everybody talks about, but fab is really used in like big money leagues. It's not used in tons and tons of like consumer leagues. uh, Roto was the easy way for old guard to play Um, using some of the sites that they use like on Roto and blah, blah, blah. I I had mentioned to Justin Boggs that like, I think some of the like older, older guard when fantasy was first coming up found that the site itself, the site itself was kind of like a, um, a part of the strategy, like being able to manage the site itself is as much as like drafting it. So you have all of those things that are kind of in play. And then at the same time, the, the analysts, they pushed weekly because they play in so many. So that's the yeah. standard. Oh, it's, it's, it's always the standard weekly league. It's because they're doing so much. It doesn't speak to the person that plays two or three leagues. I don't, if I played two or three leagues, there's no way I would play. If that's all I did, there's no right. effing way. I would play and a lot of people only play one league, you know, and there's no way it would be weekly. Daily is the best, but the only justification for weekly is because a bunch of us idiots are playing 12 to 15 leagues and you can't do daily. I actually am thankful for the couple weekly that I do because I can't all that I'm doing, doing daily. I got like 15 leagues or something like that. Doing daily is rough. I would do it, but I am thankful for the couple that are weekly. That doesn't mean that is a preferred way to play. And like you said, Michael, I'm the same way. I got hit with injury bugs right at the beginning of the week. And it sucks, especially when it's a pitcher, because most there's no platform to replace your pitcher midweek. It's always the hitter. So yeah. I'm with it. Yeah, th- there's no real way, like, you know, uh, there's no real one singular way to play fantasy baseball. I mean, some people, people love will tell you there is, but people some people are, I know that. And, and I'm and I'm fighting back against that. There's no one singular way. You're not a chump if you don't play in NFC leagues, right? You're you're not a chump if you only play roto or head to head or points or whatever. There's many different ways, and they're all legit ways. Whatever brings you a champion at the end of the year, 
is a legit way to play fantasy. I mean, you know, uh, there are people that don't like year long. They think DFS is the only way to go. So look, any way you play it, it's fun. And that's what we're here for. We're but here did to you have like getting fun. attacked there, Michael? Did you like, do you like the attack <laughs> on, on that stuff? I love, I love when fantasy yeah. attacks and that was a moment. I've been to hell and back, so I can handle all this. Bring it on. You know, I've seen way worse situations than Twitter warfare. I actually yeah. try to avoid. I didn't. If you look at the thread, which you clearly didn't, and that's probably for the best. I really didn't comment on most of it. I just let all these people. Oh, no, no. I looked at the thread. That's what I'm talking about, because I saw it's the funny. guys jumping in. It's great. Yeah, it was funny that like I don't I'm not really going to respond. I, I give an opinion and I don't like to get into those like nitty gritty weeds because. Yeah, yeah, it's the worst. I mean, the Twitter weeds is like hell on earth or whatever the worst thing in the world is. Just think about that. That's what yeah, Twitter that's warfare is. And I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but I do want to create alternatives. If there's no wrong way to eat a Reese's, there's no wrong way to play fantasy baseball. Am I wrong no. here? I mean, that, no. I agree with you guys completely, but I'm not like die hard on a hill for anything in particular. I just like to kind of think. We just like to poke, so that's why we keep calling. Well, yeah, you guys, you know, you guys are really good at that. You guys are the best at that. And I, I will say this: uh, I have to say, my home league is a head-to-head league. Actually, it's the only head-to-head league I think I play this year. Hmm. And two of my guys in that home league are diehard ITL Army guys, and they would, yeah, they're like their minds would be blown right now when they hear this. So I just had to at least mention the home (laughs) league. Yeah, yeah, Casey, Manny, the bless you boys, home league. What up, everybody? We made it. Casey Manny, what's up? Have you noticed anything odd though with the injuries? We we literally do this every single year. Uh, I know we do, um, but right now it's very uh, insulated to like holy crap, all the injuries that are mounting up. Have you found any? I don't know if you found yourself quicker triggered on players. Are you moving through players more because ILs are getting stashed up? How are you managing the mounting injuries right now? I mean, you know, people are not sure if they want to cut Robert, but they might not have choices because he could come back. How are you managing um, the injuries right now? Yeah, I know. Uh, I know we're going to talk about Christian Yelich in a moment too. That's something I think about right now. Is should I gave advice to a guy about a month ago, three weeks ago? He's like, "Hey, I got this trade right now. I can get Christian Yelich. I give a Whit Merrifield and somebody else." And I was like, oh, do it, do it, man. You're getting a yeah. top 10 player. And this was when he just went on the IL for his first go around. And I was expecting him to come back. Comes yeah. back one day, he's gone. I immediately apologized <laughs> to him last night on Twitter. I said, sir, I apologize. I was wrong. And I think you should officially panic. And if you can sell him back as soon as he gets healthy and shows any sign of like, hey, Yelich is back, sell him immediately. So I am, yes, I am now panicking because we're getting into May and June And there's going to be a point where I want to gain headway or I can't get back from a certain point, probably by June-ish, I would think. So I am, yeah, I am very concerned about injuries and I'm willing to cut the thread a little bit more, especially if we know somebody's got something that is months worth of concern. Robert, I dropped Robert in a redraft league because it's over. I think I'm just taking that risk now. I can't waste that roster spot. Yeah, I agree, Boggs. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's tough to know what to do, especially with, you know, uh, I, I think it was last night I was setting my lineups for the day. And someone went on the aisle in one of my leagues, and I went, oh, God, another one. And I was like, I was surprised that I had an IL spot open because it's a Yahoo <laughs> league, and you're only allowed to do five. And almost all of my leagues, and I think I have six or seven on there, all, they're all full. They're all full. Every single IL, except for whatever league this was I did last night, I think it was our Champs League Welsh, where I moved someone to the IL, and I was like, oh, my God, I had a spot. Because now <laughs> I'm going through and looking at, who I need to drop from the IL to put another guy on the IL. That's what my space has been. And like you said, uh, you know, 
a lot of the times you want to hold on to these guys or stash them or whatever, but if they're, uh, you know, in, anywhere near a borderline player or the injury is probably going to take them close to the end of the year, you just have to cut bait. I think that's the only answer, right? And I, th- I think this is also tied into what I talked about a couple of weeks ago where, you know, I know people are like, oh, small sample size, you know, with pickups and waivers. And this guy's really good. Like a kill by is a perfect example of that right now. He sucks ass right now. And he was amazing at the beginning of the year. <laughs> and, you know, for the the cuts that people might have, they might be like, oh, man, Badu's not working. But at the same time, I just think in the space that we're in, unless you've got like lots of ability to pick up minor league players, which will start coming soon, if if that's out there and they're going to hit the waiver wire, then okay, maybe that changes it. I'm just going to be quicker this season than I would in any other regular season, whether it's picking up hot bats. Jed Lowry was amazing. He's cooled down. Okay. Akil Badu has been really bad lately. Okay. But you got a month out of it. I'll be quicker to drop them as I was quicker to pick them up. And the same thing I think kind of applies to the injuries that you just have to have a short memory with stuff. Christian Yelich has been amazing, but as I said earlier in the show, hasn't played 150 games since 2017 and he's injured again. Like I'm just not interested. I'm not interested in, I wasn't interested in drafting the injured guys coming into this year, like the sales and the center guards. I'm not interested in holding on to crazy injuries right now. And we just have to move we have to move through. And then it takes us, Boggs, to this other stage where, you know, Michael kind of already answered a, a Christian Yelich conversation, but take the injuries, take the hot bats, and then now apply that to the cold bats. And the guy that you have been obsessed, you could not even focus on what yeah. I was saying earlier. And you are the guy you are obsessed about takes us to the next question, which injuries, yeah. pickups. How about the cold guys? Yeah, Michael, what do you do with a guy like Francisco Lindor? A borderline first-round pick, if you got him at a deal, was high in the second round. So, And he is god-awful right now. Is this just a slow start for him? Are you legit concerned? Is this maybe the factor of moving to a new league so you haven't seen the pitchers a bunch and he's going to readjust? Like, Where is your stance as far as Francisco Lindor is concerned so far? Yes. Great questions. I love this show. The show's so great, isn't it? I just want everybody to remember how sweet this show is. I also wanted to give you guys a quick pointer before I answer that. David Wright and Yelich. You guys, I thought about this because you guys put this on the show sheet. I saw a comparison and I started looking up David Wright and Yelich and they actually have kind of a similar profile. It's he's slightly younger than when Wright had spinal stenosis finally diagnosed, I think at like 32. But take a look at that on your own time, guys. There could be an interesting comparison there because David Wright stole a lot of bases, too. You might forget that, but he stole yeah. 20 plus a few times. David Wright was one of Welsh's favorite players one of my oh. favorite before we started. So, yeah, loved, love. I mean, we, we've talked for whatever reason. People are asking us about like our start in fantasy when we started. I've answered this a couple times, but like David Wright was on my very first fantasy team. And I don't think he had made the majors yet. It was like we were doing prospects and stuff. And I upset our Mets fan who, who a friend in our league was a Mets fan. He was so mad at me for taking David Wright and Jose Reyes. He then started shooting multiple 151 shots until he threw up on himself outside <laughs> of a bar. And now he's probably in a gutter somewhere. And David really Wright's doing just guy. fine. Yeah, so. he's a very stable person. So David Wright stands and all that. But I brought up, I was talking earlier too, Michael, about like, there's like an age, I, there might be, it's not a one-to-one because it's not every player, but there's got to be an age, there's an age correlation to these guys, late 20s to early 30s. It's usually a pitcher We've seen like Bumgarner, Kershaw had it, Verlander had it. I don't know if it's a body type thing. I don't know if it's a game structural thing, but Christian Illich has not stayed healthy. Nobody tags him with the injury prone stuff. 
but the guy just has not, I mean, I guess 130 to 100, you know, he was MVP season 2000, uh, whatever that was, 19. So you got that, but it's just falling apart and he's falling apart. And I, I don't know if there is time, time is going to take a restructuring of learning how to improve his body. Like Kershaw had to do that. Kershaw took like yoga or whatever it was. And he had to figure out how, cause he had these back spasms and they kept flaring up. That's a thing that's going to kind of keep going right now. Also doesn't help in the summer, summer months. I would uh, throw out there to anybody that's had back problems with humidity and stuff. But yeah, I, I just, I look at that injury. I look at a back injury. I look at how he's been. And I'm kind of done giving the benefit of the doubt, especially in redraft. I'd even say in dynasty, I, I didn't move him crazy in my dynasty list, but I moved him a couple notches. I'm kind of over it right now. And I know a lot of people like, oh, shortened season, blah, blah, blah. I don't have interest the rest of this year. I don't sell for anything, but boy, would I try. I don't think you can one for one Yelich right now, but boy, would I try to look for some type of a package because you know, you're right. Your correlations to David, Wright, Injuries are mounting. There's something to be taken away on uh on all of these guys and uh Lind- Lindor is as much of a problem not with an injury standpoint but a performance so yeah we went off back to Yelich whatever but uh back to yeah. Lindor yes so great stuff there God, David Wright he was so much fun but <laughs> if you're a Mets fan you're probably longing for David Wright right now when it comes to Francisco Lindor he's a buzzkill I, I love this guy I've had him in my home league and I was actually Same. looking at him yeah, yeah. I, it's a we do like a rotating uh, six, ten, eight keepers. We go up and down every year rotating. Gotcha. And the last place team in my home league has Lindor and he's like already out of it. It's, it's just awful. It's just a lost season already. And Lindor has been part of that because it's been so bad. And I've been thinking, hey, should I put a package of picks and maybe a couple young guys together like uh, Ty France, Nick Solak, something like that? Maybe I can get something done. But why? Why would I want to do that? He has a track record. We've seen it. We literally have multiple seasons of all-star performance. Not a 300 hitter, but, you know, pretty close. A really solid batting average. And a guy has two barrels. Two barrels in 74 batted ball events so far. That's that's low. That's, that's bad. And that's really bad. And I just don't know what the answer is yet because I'm not going to sit here and tell you. I'm not going to lie to you guys and say, I'm a... I'm a mechanics expert. I, I know exactly what's going on with the detail of a swing and, you know, he's bringing his hands in too close. I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys that. All I know is what the surface stats tell me and then what I can see deep down beneath those surface stats. And I am just, it, it just seems like it's a continuation of 2020. What something has happened here and I'm not sure what it is. I wish I had a better answer, but he is bad. And I am, I am always willing to buy low though. So I actually... To sum this up, I think I would take a chance on it still. I think, yeah, because that's always going to be my thing. Sell high, buy low as a general principle. He has to be better than this. He's not going to finish the season this badly. So I think it's still a good time to strike and a good summer of fun is awaiting Lindor and Queens. What's the best player you think you would give up one for one for Lindor right now? I I just don't think you can one for one Lindor. I know you probably can't, but but, but that's why I want to get like, what level are you at? Are you at a top 50 player, just a top 100 player? Like where, where are you at? So what's the, like the one for one highest player you would give up? Maybe it's someone who's just hot right now. You know, I would, uh, maybe this is too easy, but I'd give up Luke Voigt. who's going to come back shortly. I oh, do yeah, a Luke Voigt for Lindor. I think that's a no brainer. He hasn't played this year. How, how about this? How about Trent Grisham? Six stolen bases, four homers, three Oh six batting average outfielder. He's 67 in Yahoo in a standard five by five. Oh boy! Rush for him? I'm not sure I would. I'd be very, very, very hesitant to do that because 
I like Grisham's profile, and I I know what I'm getting in a good lineup too. I don't know if the Mets lineup is as great as we all thought it was. So I would I would say no, no, I would not. I think, I think I would do that. Yeah, see that that tells me like because I'm not I don't, I don't disagree on the Lindor stuff. I think there he has to get better. By the way, like he's hitting under 200 against every single type of pitch that's coming that his way. Worse. He's got a sub 200 <laughs> BABIP right now like he's going to get so, oh, better for his last 24 for real that's not a made-up number that he, was for real oh, his, for his last 24 but he's still hitting the ball it's max exit velocity top 86 percentile if you look on baseball savant hard hit is less because he's got more soft contact but the weird thing this is the thing that's concerning to me is he's seeing more fastballs and he's struggling like that's why would we be seeing hit more fastball? Well, but more fastballs than he's struggling. So I agree as far as a buy, but if you're not selling Trent Grisham, I don't think you're truly in the buy territory because you're going to have to. And that's why I don't think one for ones are possible. Let's do one more because we're spending a lot of time on Lindor. Lind, would you give up Alex Bregman to get Lindor? And Alex Bregman kind of back a little bit, 295 batting average, five homers. Yeah, you can save yourself. Hell no. Hell no. No, Hell I wouldn't no. do that. I love Bregman. I'm a big Bregman. Yeah, I don't yes, like I, him as a person so much. I love him as a as a player, though. Yeah, I love him as <laughs> a player. I'm not a big too. Bregman guy either, and I wouldn't give up Bregman for Lindor. Yeah, see, I, I don't, oh. I, I just don't. Lindor's not like because everyone wants to buy Lindor, but no one wants to pay for Lindor. So to me, that's <laughs> the defining factor of a true buy low. Everybody's like, oh yeah, I want to buy low on Lindor, but no one wants to pay for it. So you're not going to get it done unless you have a proper uh yeah. two for two. You know, speaking of um of, of debates are you guys you guys want to jump into some debates here on some players yeah i've yeah, actually got one on trent grisham okay i like it let's ready? do it okay trent grisham who we just mentioned who what was it boggs you would not trade and michael you would trade to get i would no, not I, he would. I, I would i would okay yeah here's another one for you let me pull up this guy's stats they did not put them on here like a dummy. Trent Grisham, who I told you, six stolen bases, five homers, leading at the top of the uh, Padres lineup. He's inside the top 60. Been phenomenal. Mwah. Versus rest of season, Kyle Tucker, who is hitting only 183, does have five homers, two stolen bases. He's lowered his strikeout percentage, but he's hitting 183. His BABIP is under 200 right now, but we are a full month into the year. Those guys taking 40 spots away from each other. So, Michael, we'll start with you. Rest of season, Kyle Tucker or Trent Grisham? Oh, man. That's the sound of an ITL debate right there. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are really putting me on the spot here. Uh, I got to tell you, Tucker could have a really nice rest of year at some point, but it could be a lost season, too. It really could. I I am actually genuinely concerned, and I was, I'm not saying it was me who said this, but a good friend of mine, Steve, I was on the Roto Brits on the other side of the Atlantic earlier in the preseason. (laughs) We were talking about Kyle Tucker. My buddy Steve told me, I'm out on Tucker. I'm trading him for Bauer in my keeper league. I'm not going to be a part of the Tucker experience. I think he's being way overhyped, overdrafted. He said his swing was too long, and he sees a lot of holes and not actually being able to steal as many bases as we think. He's not as fast as we think. And his sprint speed right now, it, you know, I did a video, like I said, on Twitter the other night where I said Nate Lowe had a faster sprint speed than Kyle Tucker. And Nate Lowe's been stealing some bags, which is cool. But Kyle Tucker, I think, is overhyped right now. And I could see a point where a possible, possible demotion. I don't know if they're going to let him ride it out forever because they have real aspirations. They're a good team. So I think I am not on the Tucker side on this one. I am not. 
Bogman, what do you think? Kyle Tucker, who, you know, top two round guy, Trent Grisham, not that far off, uh, especially in leagues that I was in. Bog says, you know, I have a lot of shares of Trent Grisham, but Trent Grisham versus Kyle Tucker. One's doing it. One's not from a batting average standpoint. I mean, five homers, two stolen bases in the month of April is nothing to like, you know, just scoff at. But the batting average is with Kyle Tucker. So what do you think, Bugs? Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Tucker on this one. And and I I get that it looks ugly right now. But if you look at the Savant page, I mean, his underlying stats are actually better than, uh, than Trent Grisham's. And Trent Grisham is having a fantastic season. So I think everything except for the results are kind of there for Tucker right now. So I'm going to lean Tucker in this one. And I like what Trent Grisham is doing and he has been really great this year, but I think, you know, they're going to, the, the paths are going to cross. They're going to even out, I think fairly soon. And uh, I don't see Tucker getting demoted or anything like that. So I'm going to stick with Tucker because everything except the bat pip is kind of working for him right now. So this one is super tough. And that's why we put these together because Trent Grisham is doing what yeah. you wanted from Kyle Tucker. That's what he's doing right now. He is Kyle Tucker. Tucker, though, I am still a pretty firm believer in. And th this is why this is so tough, because you are right, Boggs. All of the underlining stuff, hard hit, still like near the top 75. It's higher it's not, than it was last year. For of the, exactly. Of the top like 75 percentile stuff you're looking at, you've got like hard hit, average exit velocity, uh, XBA is in the 60s. Blah, blah, blah. He's not striking out a bunch. He's under 20% strikeout rate. And exactly uh, as you're saying as well, you go in and you look at like contact rate and swing rate. It's all pretty in line. What's in and place? And it's better than Grisham's too, for the most part. And what's in place? Some bad luck. But what I think is key about this one is that Trent Grisham, I don't even think is necessarily overplaying his hand that much. He's hitting in a prime spot in the lineup where Kyle Tucker's, Kyle Tucker's always going to do that. Could you trade Trent Grisham for Kyle Tucker? You probably could. Do you want to? I'm not sure because I think they're similar players. By a hair, I'm going to take Kyle Tucker. But I think these guys are immensely close to each other and it shows the undervalue of Trent Grisham and there might be a buy opportunity on Kyle Tucker because the underlying stuff is still there with him. He's getting a really low BABIP. That's not sustainable. It's bad luck. He's going to keep going. And uh, it's just, uh, it's amazing the stats he's putting up. It's actually very eerily similar to like what Francisco Lindor is doing batting average wise versus pitches. It's like he's only hitting 200 against off-speed pitches under 200 on the others. It's not sustainable for Kyle Tucker, but he, it swing might be a little too long, but he does this. This is what Kyle Tucker does. He's very, he's been streaky yeah. and I think it's going to pick back up, but these two neck and neck definitely be curious what the audience has to say on this one. Boggs, uh, you go with the next one. Next one. I, th this one is, I, I love it. Uh, Michael Dylan Cease versus Trevor Rogers, both pitchers that are uh, performing way better than we kind of had them pegged for coming into this year. So between the two of them, who are you going to take rest of year? Oh man. I think I am buying into the Dylan Cease hype here and I know he's getting crushed. I know there's, <laughs> he's still getting railed on when people make contact with the max EV of 115. That's, that's pretty intense, but <laughs> I also think there's a Giolito type, you know, change happening here. Remember, Giolito could not strike people out. He he had all this stuff, and people were like, why can't this guy strike out more guys? And then he suddenly started to put it together, I think two years ago, and people were like, oh, here we go. We're we're seeing a change. And it happened right around the same time, too, because I remember I had him, I rostered him in my home league, and it was around May where Giolito was starting to 
do well. And there was, of course, the debate that Giolito could never do it against quality competition. He would just own weak competition. And that's what the AL Central was. Minus the Tigers, though, the AL Central is tougher. So some of you might say, hey, Cease is in a tougher division. The Royals are legit. Cleveland, Minnesota, obviously, has a lot of power. I just, the Rodgers thing, I've never understood. He's been really hyped by a lot of people all offseason. And I took a look at it, and I'm like, okay, uh, Trevor Rodgers, I, I think he's got promise. I just don't see what the excitement is with Trevor Rodgers, though. And I think Dylan Cease is a guy, if you're in a wins league, he's going to rack up wins. But I am slightly cautious at the same time. I think this ends up being a little closer than I thought it was when you brought it up to me because the way Cease gets ripped. But if the strikeout are here to say, if the whiff percentage stays up and he continues to get swings and misses, I thought it was BS when he did it against the Tigers his two starts ago because like the Tigers are the worst. I mean, I yeah. know I'm a Detroit Tigers fan. We're awful. We're the worst team ever when it comes to <laughs> offense. It's amazing they scored seven runs last night against the Red Sox. But uh, when he did it against the, the Reds, now, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true too. But <laughs> last night when he did it against the Reds, I was like, whoa, okay. I don't think the Reds are a joke of an offense at all, and I was impressed. So that has me perked up, and at this time, on today's date, I'm going to say by a hair, cease. I am, I'm buying in on cease. Well, this is a, a tough one that you put together here. Who are you taking? I don't answer it. I don't want to. I don't, I don't, <laughs> you, you don't want to answer wait, wait, it? No, nah, I'm just kidding. Just, I mean, I, I'll say I can go first if you want no. me to. Oh, no, no. I don't care. No, go, go ahead. You're fine. No, I was just joking. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, treasure. It's Trevor Rogers for me. It's the walk treasure. percentage is a little lower for him. Tre- 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 Trevor uh, whip is slightly better. Swing strike rate, though, is way better for him. 16 and a half to 13.1. I think they're both going to come back down to earth a little bit. I really do. And uh, for the most part, I want to take the four pitch pitcher in cease and not the three pitch pitcher in Rogers. But uh, I kind of I just like what Rogers is has been doing. And I think we're seeing you hyped him up a little bit before the season. Welsh, I really wasn't buying in. So I only think I have a couple shares where I picked him up, but he's been great so far. So I think I'm going to stick with him. Yeah. I mean, this one is like incredibly, incredibly tough. Dylan Cease, He's always had like ace in the making, especially in the minors. And it's starting to come through. My only problem with him is how inconsistent he can be. Like, the way he's he's flipping some of those pitches right now, he's like rocking like a 28 plus RPM on his slider right now. It's just so freaking dominant. And he's been throwing more curves and he's just more of an arsenal, but he's super inconsistent. And he's over four on his walk rate. And I think I think the White Sox are kind of volatile. And I think he's gonna continue to kind of be volatile. Trevor Rogers plays for a worse team, and it the mix, I suppose, is a is a little bit less. But he is throwing three pitches into the 15 plus percentile range and he's getting swings on it. And I just think he's got he's a little less volatile. So I'm like by a hair hair going to pick Trevor Rogers. But Dylan Cease again, again, he's right there. He's just right in that. uh, He's right. I will say the Marlins are masterful with pitching. I'll give you that. If there's if it's that close, you might as well take the Marlin. That makes sense. And that's actually a really good point that you bring up, because if you want like a track record of young pitching and how it develops, you can't deny what the Marlins did. If you want to say, oh, hey, you know, they do some stuff, good, some stuff with guys. Can they go over the season? Look at Alcantara. Look at Pablo Lopez. Those guys have continued to keep rocking and keep going. They're doing great. the little separators for both these guys, though, is it, they they keep playing off to one side or the other. That's not like they're all adding up to one guy, which makes this even harder. Because, like Michael said, 
the White Sox for wins. You want the White Sox for wins, yeah. but you probably want the Marlins for the park and what they've been able to do with pitching. You want Cease for the four pitches, but you want Rogers because he doesn't get hit as hard when he does get hit. Also, right? look at consistency. So Maybe it's, consi- it's like really Rogers has been the, consistent. The line. They've in, in the entire year. Like they're eerily similar in a lot of like dumb factors of like home run to fly ball, Babbitt uh, left on base percentage. Like they're just eerily similar in that, but Trevor Rogers has been more consistent and he's got a little bit more strikeouts. All we have on cease is a couple games that have been strung together, of course, and he looks amazing and he's flipping his pitches even better. And then we got grand all in the back of our head of like, you know, he could be a Cy Young winner. All right. Um, let's go one more. Let's do the last one. Okay. I was, about, I was <gasps> going to ask you, which one did you want to do the pitcher or the, you don't want to do that pitcher one. I had a harder time oh. with the last one. So, okay. Okay. All right. All right we, we, we'll see how the questions go and maybe we'll throw okay. that one in here. Um, Michael Franmil Reyes versus Michael Conforto. And, and the reason I did this is because Franmil Reyes has sneakily been incredible this year. Like everybody kind of forgot about him. Part of it is also the utility only unless you play on Yahoo, which has been a little bit nice, but Franmil has been having a really good season. 297 homers. Strikeouts up a little bit, but statistically he's there. 21 RBIs. Conforto has struggled, though he's trying to come back. So Michael Conforto versus Fran Will Reyes, rest of year. Oh, boy. I got to oh tell boy. you. Now you mentioned <laughs> Yahoo, too. I didn't know you're allowed to mention Yahoo on Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Wow. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, so. we do whenever we are talking about why Otani's two players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Michael Conforto is always elusive to me. I've coveted him a lot and i admit it i'll covet players i'm gonna be honest about it i get really into it i i want to be a part of the wonderful experience of an incredible season and when he was first coming up in the playoffs man that was a lot of fun the royals and he was this first round pick then the shoulder injuries the continual injuries and where we're at now it's i feel like we're on the brink here i feel like it'll come together i feel like the mets offense is just on the verge it's just gonna happen eventually it can't be this bad i know they you know fire chili davis quite quickly in a panic move maybe i don't know if that's gonna help or not i don't see how it will but i think i like conforto here because you know he's gonna give me more and it depends on what type of league you're playing in of course if you're an obp league it's conforto all day for me but you're right i i thought this wasn't much of a contest but when i looked at it for the show i was like whoa ranimal is like Killing it. I mean, at like all-time highs now. I, I'm wondering if he can actually sustain this stuff or if we have another new ball where, like we're saying, the max EVs and everything is just getting more and more elongated in terms of the overall maxes. He's barreling the ball like crazy. I don't know if he can keep doing that. 22% barrel rate is <laughs> it's pretty wild. But he's also not walking as much from his normal career rate. I, I think that could maybe normalize out. He's at 5.9%. So I'd I think him walking and making contact are two key parts of his profile. And I just don't, I just don't believe in that. I, I, I think it's a fluke. And I think what we're seeing right now is a guy who is just kind of playing a little bit better than he used to. So I think there's improvement here. And I think he's a better player than he was. But I think long-term rest of season, Conforto is the guy that will get me where I want to go in terms of a championship in more categories. Yeah, Boggs, I'll just jump in here real quick. Conforto over the last week hitting 278, which is, you know, finally we're getting back at it. He has a homer and five RBIs. And I think he's trending back in the right direction. But Fran Mill, I think as someone you have to watch, you're right. The barrel percentage is insane. 
He's also got a hard hit percentage of 57%. His <laughs> average EV is up two miles per hour, 94. He's got a max at 114, but he's sustaining that double digit launch angle again. He is barreling the ball up, slugging is up. He, even though he's a big like masher, he gets jumped, jumbled into like, oh, going to be like a 240 hitter. He's not. He's a high contact hitter. He's always been like that. And he is more valuable. So I, I think what this is, is he's so tough because of the utility qualification that I don't really know what you do and tell a lot of people, but I think the bat is pretty real. But if I'm taking someone in this, I am going to go Conforto. And, and to me, this was about proving you can take a really good bat right now in, in Fran Reyes. And you can compare it to the struggle of Conforto. And we're still on the side of Conforto because he is turning this back around. The signs are there. The batting average is there. Homers are coming up a little bit. Mets, I think Mets offense could take off a little bit with some offensive uh, coaching changes and stuff like that. I think they're going to have to be more aggressive. But Fran Mill is, 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 I don't think he's a fluke. I don't think he's a fluke at all. I think he's going to be good, but it is going to temper down. So I think over the next month, these guys might go in the different directions. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to do this one because this one I looked at, and honestly, I kind of I didn't roll my eyes, but I was like, well, this is going to be Conforto pretty easy, right? That's what when you I thought. Yeah. And, and then when I dove in, I was like, oh, and I'm I'm going to go to the opposite of you guys. I'm going to take Framil Reyes for the rest of the season. I, I like. I almost hit. did too. I almost did. I was so close, Boggs. I almost did too. And I went back and forth because I originally wrote Conforto and then went to say why, and then I just couldn't put it all together. And look. Framil Reyes, uh, things are going to even out for him, like you guys said. I mean, 5.9 walk percentage uh, right now and a 30.7 K percentage. That's the lowest walk percentage in his career and highest strikeout percentage. So he's going to hit a wall at some point and he's going to come back down. But this is what you buy him for. You buy him right now for this incredible streakiness. And by the way, because he started out hot, if he does lose a little bit, He's going to even out for Roto Leagues and be exactly what you thought you paid for him. Or if you're in a head-to-head and he gets on one of these tears in the playoffs, you're probably going to win hitting categories because of him. So I think because he offers that enormous upside and, you know, his 2019 season, he had 37 homers. Remember, he got traded the middle of that year. He hit 249. He had 37 bombs with only 69 runs and 81 RBI. So that was low. If he if he winds up hitting 37 homers again, he's going to probably go 100-100 in this Cleveland lineup. And I just, uh, he is tearing it apart right now. So I think I got to stick with the hot bat here, even though I really love Conforto and I have more shares of Conforto. I think if I had to pick between the two, I'm going to take Franimal for the rest of the year. Yeah, I'll tell you, I think if, if, if Franmil uh, was outfield or first base or something like that, qualification across the board, I think this would be different. I think I would go Franmil because I think some of this is going to maintain... Uh, but it's a really tough one. And again, this is another instance to show you how valuable a guy like Fran Reyes really might be behind the scenes if we're not paying attention. So, so there's some player debates. That was fun. Always love doing that. Let's go see what the audience has to say. Michael Govia, you're about to step into our ball bag. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. ITLBallBag at gmail.com. That is where you guys can shoot us a little email. We can, uh, any guests we have on, we will answer your questions. Just got to have some good timing and get those in before Wednesday, friends. It's not too tough. All right. What do we got for our uh, Palazzo friend? I love this first one. Yo, 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 yo. Bogman, the Welsh, and Michael. After that, Reese Hoskins homer called back in the Mets-Phillies game Sunday. It struck me that probably that that, that probably had a million fantasy implications, it being mm. the last game on Sunday. My question is, what's your worst fantasy memory, or do you have one? Like when you think you've won a championship, then Goldie on his last up out of the season, it's a home run, and you lose. I now draft <laughs> him everywhere if I can. Or MJD takes a knee at the one in the fantasy playoffs. I know, football, my bad. He also says, yo, Welsh, great podcast with Justin Mason last week. You guys bring the entertainment and news slash stats. Plus, for some of us that haven't been listening for a long time, it was cool to hear the origin story of In This League. You guys rule, and that is from our boy, Jack. Jack. So, What's up, Jack? Yeah, and no, well I, I, I appreciate the, the kind comments. That's a great question. Like, it really is. The one that keeps you up at night and... My, well, Michael, do you have one? Because I, I have, I have an. I know I have one, one. and I, I know I've said it here before, so I'll just jump in with okay, it. Okay, do it. It's uh, Paul Konerko. I had Paul Konerko on a team. Yeah. I was down. Uh, I, I we were tied in runs, and I was down three RBI. He comes up last game of the year, bases juiced, and hits one to the track. If if that ball goes over the the wall, I win, and I lost because that was a pop up instead of a homer. And that one's really, really aggravating. So that is by far that and a B stepping out against Miami, the game that could have put them in the playoffs. He uh, they were doing a bunch of laterals and he stepped out of bounds on like the four yard line with nobody near him. And I would have <laughs> I would have come back from uh, starting out like I think one and four in that league to make the playoffs. And my team was streaking. I probably would have won a championship. And because he stepped out, I did not win that week. And did not get in the playoffs. I'm annoying because, like, I don't really recall. It's totally happened. I but oh, Jamal Lewis is, is yours. Oh, <laughs> okay. You know what? Yeah, good call. The Jamal Lewis one, where I was the the reason I don't uh, I don't uh, before the yeah end. I don't talk anymore <laughs> is because of the Jamal Lewis one, where I was like, oh, Bogman, blah blah blah, and then Jamal Lewis runs for like. 250 yards or whatever and beats me <laughs> but the one that stands out from baseball is actually the one i put on our great friend will where i remember i was watching as we were it was the final game sunday night i was down and hunter pence hit two homers it tied us eight eight and i won the tiebreaker and won our league championship and will was so upset it was he was so <laughs> upset and his his hurt fueled me for so many years it, it fueled my soul and it still does to this day you ask this question i don't even feel my own hurt or anger. i mean this is I the only his. memory that welsh has that he remembers the positive over the negative i'm yeah. sure yeah so. exactly i'm a totally negative guy you would think i've got like a <laughs> list of these and i don't i just have uh i just have wills uh just horrific horrific pain that just uh, fuels me to this day michael do you have mm. one 
You know, I was thinking about this nonstop, and I hate to say this, Jack. It's a great question. I has so many wonderful moments instead of the negatives. And I'm not saying I'm a better fantasy player than anybody, but there's Santi Alcantara throws a shutout on the last day of my fantasy season two years ago against the Royals to win the title. Uh, Matt Carpenter hit a home run on a Sunday to get me to the finals two years ago. It's just like, the only one that I think of that is negative is football. And Ron Dane, I know it's a little dated, Mm, but Ron Dane destroyed me out of nowhere in the championship game back in 2007. Yeah, Yeah, he he was on a tear at the end of the season, and the other guy picked him up, and he went off on that final championship Sunday, and I lost, and I I had LT. That was was LT's uh, whole, that was his 06 year, actually, so it was 06. It was the huge year, 28 touchdowns. I was like, I'm going to win this league. It's a done deal, but Ron Dane spoiled it, and he ruined everything for me, so screw you, Ron Dane. I'll bet bet Ron Dane. I bet the Roto guys have plenty of these to just tell us. They got like, well, let me tell you about all of them. This one time I played head to head. The playoff ones Roto. are way better because you know that's the last thing, though. No, so. it's a good one by Jack though, because it's like that probably had some serious implications. Like that, I, that one was fascinating final game and everything like that. So that's good. And uh, and again, thank you, Jack. Uh, Justin and I had a good talk of stuff that we don't even talk about sometimes too. So if you guys want to check that out, go uh, take a listen. Uh, rebuilding it. a dynasty, Zach Plesak versus Asa Lacey and Josh Lowe. Six by six OPS mm-hmm. quality starts. And instead of just straight strikeouts, it's caper nine in a head to head league. And that's from our guy, RFP Welsh. So uh, we'll start with you and, and then uh, go to Michael. Zach Plesak versus uh, Asa Lacey and Josh Lowe. Nah, this is easily Plesak. I saw, I think I saw this. I, I didn't comment on it yet in our group me rooms, uh, which a nice little plug. You know, these guys are dropping trade options all through and people are voting on them. This is just like, it's just easily Plesak, even though he's not as good. Um, you know, he had that like little run and he's also kind of a douche just in general. But like, <laughs> as far as like a player goes, he had a lot of hype that people are a little bit worried about. ERA is not quite there and the strikeouts are down a little bit. Like Lacey is just still multiple years away. I, I got to see him pitch before he got out on his assignment. Josh Lowe's not enough. So this is a young pitcher who is in a great place to succeed. He's not leaving anybody on base right now. His walks are still relatively low. And I think he can uh, I think he can get better. He's just rocking a little over a four Sierra. And I, I think there's room for improvement. Unless I'm out of it completely, I would need Lacey and more, not low. I wouldn't want a little bit more on that. Um, I mean, the K per nine, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, doesn't help Plesak a whole bunch. But I don't think Lacey's as big of a strikeout option as people think. So I'll stick Plesak in this one. What do you think, Michael? What do you think of this dynasty trade? Uh, you know, Lacey's getting a lot of love. I, I play in dynasty, so I'm familiar with it, of course. And uh, it depends. Did he make a clear situation like where he's at right now? Or he's just like he's rebuilding? We know this or not? He did he, say rebuilding. Yeah. Okay. He, he, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even notice that, that he said rebuilding. Uh, okay. That could, yeah. Maybe. Does that change things at all, Chris? I just need I need someone different than Josh Lowe. Like okay, I want still, yeah. I want like one other decent prospect because you're trading away a, <laughs> a mid twenty like a hard rotation guy. You got to get him out of there. So uh, I'm sorry. This has to be mentioned for the audience. Since we started recording the show, we've had three injury updates. Uh, Carol off to the IL. Joey Votto broken thumb. Alex Verdugo scratched tonight. Just letting you guys know what it's like out there right now. It's just good yeah. lord. Yeah, Bogman um, has been just like distracting me every time. I'm like, what is going on over here? And it's like, oh, there's just injuries left and right. Yeah. By the end of the night, there's no baseball anymore. We're done. We're canceled. Yeah, no one might be alive by the time we're done. So if we yeah, just yeah, keep going, maybe Kyle Shanahan gonna... was right. Yeah. <laughs> 
He just missed. He got the wrong Sunday. It's this Sunday. All right. So that was good. For, that was good. That was really good. <laughs> so, Michael, for you, would you take Lacey and uh, uh, Josh Lowe for uh, Plesak? If he's rebuilding, uh, I guess you could consider it. Uh, I like Lacey. I do. And if it's K9, that sounds promising. Uh, I don't know as much about Lowe, to be frankly. Uh, I'm less interested in him, probably. That's why I haven't focused on him as much. Zach Plesak is a guy who is ascending, and I trust Dave McDonald from Rotosaurus. He's a good, really level-headed analyst, and he's a Cleveland fan as well, and he loves Zach Plesak, and he seems to have been on the right track about him this year. So I'm going to say get a little more, too. I'm with you there, Welsh. A little bit more might make that deal happen, but I think if you hold on to Plesak, his value will keep growing, and you could get even more by the trade deadline or somebody who's trying to go for it, wait for that opportunity to strike. Oh, that's good for me too, because police act just has, they're, they're the police act truthers out there. I feel like that once, you know, if he gets on a nice tear middle of this year and you can flip him for more or the other way around, if he gets on, you know, at the end of the year, if his numbers are really great and you trade him in the off season, I think if you just wait, you're going to get more for police act eventually. And there's no, there's no reason to deal him quick because you are rebuilding. Super important thing also is when I'm rebuilding, I'm not looking to acquire young pitching. So if I'm trading Plesak, I want hitters. I don't want uh, Ace Lacy. So that's a better way for me to probably. Well said. Well said. All right. Two two questions from Luke here. He says, hello, sirs. Two questions. First one is, what is the earliest point of the season you would consider punting pitching ratios in Roto? So I'll start with you on that one, Michael. What do you think? Earliest in the season, punting pitching ratio. See, what I did there is I restated the question so I could think about it for five yeah, to seven yeah. seconds. Um, and, then you, and then you talk about it so you give yourself yeah. some more seconds. <laughs> well, punting ratios is not always <laughs> the best idea. Right. That's really yeah, interesting. You, yeah. Yeah, you, know, you know what's funny <laughs> about that is uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys are pros. Now, these guys are the pros, but earliest point of the season to punt, I, I think... June. I don't really ever want to punt, but it's got to be, yeah, minimum June was the first month that comes to mind. I I might even push it a little farther to the beginning of July, maybe see where I'm at. Two weeks before the All-Star breakish, maybe late June at that point. But otherwise, uh, I'm going to keep fighting until it just seems, I mean, if it's totally a lost cause, you're like, I'm 100 saves down, I'm just going to bail on saves. Then, yeah, yeah, you're, you're not it. you're not out of it yet, though. I think that's the no. Unless you're, unless you're yeah. Justin Mason and TGFBI who got his first save like a week ago. And, <laughs> you know, that might be the case. But I agree, like, it's a month. Like, the prospects are going to come up. Waiver wires are going to hit. Injuries are going to happen. Like, you keep <laughs> really? playing the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Injuries are going to happen. Five guys got hurt while we were doing this. But, like, you know how much movement? Have you ever played Roto before, bro? You ever played? Because <laughs> you know how much movement happens in that last week? All it takes is for you to get lucky on two or... I'm a, when I hear this question, by the way, I'm assuming this is about saves. I'm just 100% yeah. assuming this is a saves-based question. Maybe stolen bases. It's about none of the others. And both of those are obtainable on the wire. Saves more than stolen bases. So I, yeah, I agree with these guys. Like, I'm not even sure I'd ever consider it, but maybe July. Well, it's it's ratios that so he's talking about ERA and WHIP, funny though. Oh God, we're idiots. Yeah. I, oh, I was thinking categories. Yeah, yeah no, I'm r- a loser. Ratios. So, uh, yeah. So, so uh, ERA and WHIP, in, in my opinion, you got to wait till June or July because I mean, we especially if you've had bad we starts. We We're listening to the question yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I think yeah. with with any category though, I don't think it really matters between ratios unless, like these guys have said, 
if you know someone has 38 saves already and you have zero, you're probably not going to win him. That doesn't mean you put him though. No. You try to get to the middle of the pack because what? Who does that middle guy have? If you have zero, does he have 10? You can make up 10 over the season. If everyone is 30 above you, you probably can't make that up by the end of the season. So maybe at that point you punt. But it's the same thing with ratios, in my opinion. You know, you're a month in. You had some bad starts. You can even it out, especially if you're going to. Uh, you know, if you have some bad starters, you punt one of them and just pick up whoever's on a hot streak going on and start to stream. You yeah, can get way better doing game. that. You could get long reliever type of guy. I mean, Garrett Whitlock is someone who is phenomenal for your ratios right now. So, like, you you can do it. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, somebody uh, else is going to get Gomber. Don't worry. It'll happen. Right. Again, so. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, the first three starts for Giolito were great, and the last two have been rough. So, oh, you know, God, it's killing uh, me. Yeah, yeah. Luis Castillo has been terrible. I, I guarantee you, whoever, you know, our guy Luke, I guarantee you he owns Luis Castillo. That, he's got to have him. <laughs> yeah, he probably does. Um, probably. The second part of his question is a uh, uh, who do you like better the rest of the season between these three pitchers, Michael? Pavetta, Garrett Richards, or Yusei Kikuchi? Instant response is Kikuchi. Same I feel like I, I like the home ballpark as a slight indicator of help, too. And his defense seems to be a little better than it was last year. He kind of got screwed last year, was a little bit unlucky with defense. That's my instant analysis. I'm going I'm to I'm triple down on this one. Go Kikuchi. P- uh, Pavetta's right there, though. Yeah. But, you know, he's a proverbial yeah. love child of uh, many fantasy, but I'll go Kikuchi. I, I like this next one, too. This is from our, our boy Steve S. Bogman Welsh. Michael, we have Rage Cut. But what, would you, what should we call the drops we make because a player is so damn blah? Yawn drop, blah done. Mike Miner, something mm. else that's way better. Related, why is Tommy Pham so bad? His baseball savant page is as good as ever. And like I said, that is from our guy Steve. So you have a good name for a uh, the dropping of a player that is just boring, Michael? I'm trying to think of the most boring player I could ever think of. They're, they're out there. Mm. I think of players that I'm like, oh, my gosh, I could not be having any less fun right now. I think to and, me that's like Jeff McNeil. He's just or not oh, oh. Jeff McNeil's not fun. Luis Arias. That, that's uh, ridiculous. They're not fun. They're not fun <laughs> players. They don't have Jeff counting Mc- stats. Luis Arias is not fun, but Jeff McNeil is a lot of fun. I'm just not going to sit here for that. I, can't, I mean, not I this year. It. How much fun is uh, was it? Two thirty four batting average. How much fun are you having with that? <gasps> well, I take a love look. you. Multi positional oh, eligibility. I'm so sorry. Two, uh, two, two one point point zero one more fun. On Jeff McNeil of 235 batting average, no stolen bases, two homers. You know what we say? Two right? homers. Yeah. So much fun. That is. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you having a blast? Man, I'm topping my life on this McNeil train. Living it up every, every day. I hate him in every single category. By the way, Luisa Rise is better than Jeff McNeil in everything except homers, and they're one homer off. You know what's really boring? He used to be really boring was Tyler Naquin, but he's fun now. I would have said, you know, Naquin. He was so blah, but now he's not. Uh, Jordan Luplo, any Cleveland outfielder who used <laughs> to be Cowan. really terrible. Yeah. <laughs> there was a button. Mercado, that was boring. That got real boring. Ooh. He used yeah. to be fun. Oh, I mean, those guys are just bad. I mean, they're, they're also some guys that, you know, you expect some upside with and you just don't get it from. Like, uh, how about anyone in the Giants lineup? They're yes! all kind of they're Thank all kind you. of the same. Brandon Belt, you know, yes. uh, yeah. Alex Dickerson, anyone in that lineup, I feel well, like. Buster Donald so Salato we'll is a perfect example. That's good. Yep. So we'll Bogdan, why, is Tommy, the Giants. why is Tommy Pham so bad? Is it because he was he was just oh, he was stabbed? He was just stabbed. Yeah, I was actually going to go. I was going to make a possible. I, well, that's 
Foggy apple sound- Joe. It's a joke. Yeah. I was going to say, maybe there's <laughs> a, so maybe know. suffering from PTSD from being stabbed. I don't know. I mean, if you well, want to, that's a I mean, don't tell Bogman that. Don't 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 bring that uh, that millennial cupcake bull crap to Bogman. You get stabbed, <laughs> you get up. You know what Bogman did in his day? You get stabbed, you get up, and you go back to work. That's what Bogman oh. says. Like like you've never been stabbed before. Come on, it's, it's true. I've been, I got stabbed and I went right back to work the next night. I was ready to go. That's right. I, I stabbed, stabbed myself on accident I, and had to go back to work. So I got stabbed twice while we were doing this podcast. And look at me, I'm still going. So <laughs> actually, one of the questions I asked people in my Enrico's Inquisition, which is a series of non baseball stuff, was would you rather be stabbed or arrested. So I always wonder what's arrested. Who, who wants to be stabbed? Who's like no. <laughs> Got, I can't go in a cop car. I stabbed. I guess it days. depends on what the charges are. Yeah, see, or not, see you know? that's the caveat right because, there. Because if you wind up in prison long enough, I just assume you're going to get stabbed. So you know, uh, <laughs> well, well, we why not, not take it that. outside of the jail? You know what I mean? No one's so. ever said that. That's well done. Well done. <laughs> you got you got to you got to consider all sides here, I think. But no, Tommy Pham is getting unlucky. Like you said, uh, look at, at his uh, baseball savant page. It's all red, all over the place. Uh, the oh, only thing just, just like seen. just like at the, uh, the XB, just like at the strip club where he got stabbed. They were red all over the place. So, uh, nice. yeah, exactly. He's getting unlucky. He's going to turn around. I mean, as soon as you said that, every there. single person listening knew exactly what was coming. You're like, of it's course. red all over the place. <laughs> oh, come on, man. You know, I I, I softball lobbed that one. You're not the guy on that. Uh, on that bar stool post that couldn't hit his gender, gender reveal. reveal. Yeah. yeah. So you he, buy, he so you, are you guys I, buying? buying. Okay. I am. I am. Uh, Michael, you buying? I, I avoided him in drafting all year. I just feel like something's not right, but he, it makes sense to buy. Yes. I would say it makes sense to buy, but I have no shares. Yeah, I'm not uh, really interested. The next one says, uh, Homer question here, fellas, uh, is Lord Guriel broken? What league size are you not dropping him in? And that is from Sergeant Skinner. So Michael, what do you think about Lord Guriel right now? Boy, I actually gave our guy Manny that I mentioned in my home league early in the show a lot of crap for trading Lourdes Guriel. I was like, don't trade him. Don't give up on him. He's not, you don't want to bail on him yet. But, and this is a 14 team league. So obviously it's a little bit bigger and it's head to head. I think uh, 10 team leagues, you probably got to say bye bye for sure because you just can't have what yeah. he's giving you, which is nothing right now. That's obvious. Uh, but otherwise, I think I'd like to hang on, but it could be very easily. Debated and verified that 12 team leagues he should be cut because there's just how long can you wait? It's still early enough if you have enough players that you can let them sit on your bench for a while. I think this comes down to bench size. It does. If you have enough spots where you can just let them kind of sit there, because I feel like I feel like we're gonna get rolling here soon. There's a great lineup, but if he keeps struggling, then maybe he loses his place at the table for good. Hmm. I'm, with you. I'm with you guys. I think I think 12 and under are cuts, 14 and over. Maybe hold a little bit, but I, I'd say at the same point, we always are like, oh, we don't want to cut these guys. But like in those leagues, if someone worthwhile comes around, they're exponentially more valuable. So yeah. uh, I would say, you know, 14 and above, eh, uh, unless there's a really good guy out there. But, you know, you can cut them below. Yeah, I think 16 man is the only place where you can hold Guriel right now because I, I had him in a 10 man and I cut him a while back. So his underlying stats are horrific. His baseball savant page looks ugly. Hard hit percentage, he's low. X-Woba, low. X-Batting average, low. X-Slugging, low. Chase rate is what do you think? 5%. What, what do you think of his hair? Uh, <laughs> his hair, low. Terrible. No. So, There's no jazz chisholm, I'll tell you that. No, no that's he, true. All right, lightning around these not. last three bucks. 
All right. Do uh, do you have any techniques for coping, such as uh, breathing exercises, yoga, the kind of masturbation that killed David Car- uh, Carradine, when you have to spend over thirty percent of your fab budget on relief pitchers, and none of them have become the closer? Thanks, and that is from our guy Art. So, uh, any breathing exercises or anything like that, Michael, for uh, having to go and buy all your closers at this point in the year? Definitely Carradine. Yeah, I mean, that's the first thing I do is I go head over to the nearest closet and have myself a good time. Uh, But I would consider, yeah, I would consider maybe just closing your eyes, thinking of the most wonderful, happy place. Go to your happy Gilmore happy place and then spend, spend, spend away. A couple pitches of beer, Stubbs playing the piano. Sounds like a good time to me. That's where I want to be. I think think some Stubbs. I said Stubbs. You'll be fine. She'll be fine with a little uh, little indica or something, and you'll be fine. That's just it's a way of the world. It's a way of the world right now. That's what you got. to Yeah, say. yeah. I mean, just uh, or you could draft them. You could consider it. Maybe next year do some mocks where you take some closes early and see if you just can't stand it or not. Ridiculous. Uh, John, John Mean slash Lance McCullers value in dynasty points. Which one is uh, which one likely to keep it up? One has limited track record, and one has had an injury history. Trying to trade for one caliber player and or draft pick value to give thanks that is from our guy stretch on the oh my uh, god it's the same guy that's the same guy who asked me the same question on my twitter timeline two hours ago so oh okay what'd you say what'd you say i said means i'm i I like means in a points league i think he can go deeper into games and i think he's more stable even though he plays in the al east i don't care about that with him in this situation i like the changes i'm seeing improve velo i'm in yeah i'm i'm actually also in uh, we had a John Means question, or at least in the debate on him, and we're just at a point where he's doing it for so long. I would caution his 100% left on base percentage. A little bit worrisome. Maybe not sustainable. <laughs> Why you bring uh, that up? Yeah, but you know he's a he's a two he's a sub two ERA guy, ERA guy that's probably going to be rocking into the threes. He's got a nine K per nine, which I love. And he's getting wins and he looks he looks on point. And Lance McCullers is inconsistent and injured. And I just don't have interest in Lance McCullers anymore. So this is a pretty easy John Means, to be honest with you. All right, yeah, what's the last it, one? It, it's John Means for me as well. And I think they just showed him on the Orioles bench during the game and he had his mouth open like a big mouth breather. It was just a hilarious. So yeah, so but, instantly you love him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my kind kind of guy. Anyone who looks dumb. Yeah. Uh last one here. How many starts, if any, does Michael Kopech get in 2021? Are you still a believer in him as a top end starter in the future? And that is from our guy, Toby. What do you think about that one, Michael? Sure. In the future. Yes. Uh, but this year, no, I cannot invest in it. I had three starts, maybe four or five. I don't expect much. He didn't pitch at all last year. He had the anxiety issue before that. I mean, he had a lot of time off where he wasn't throwing. So there's no way we could expect a heavy workload of going deep into games and starting a lot. I see this as a the bullpen opportunity for him, especially if they have playoff dreams. I think he's going to get some starts this year. I don't think it's consistent because he has a horrific, awful manager, one of the worst in baseball ever. And um, I don't know how they get there, but he's a perfect example of, we are talking about like ratios before. This is one of those guys that you pick up without question. There's a few of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Garrett Whitlock and Michael Kopech, in my mind, are guys, I just don't even worry about what they're doing. You just hop around because they're great for ratios. They're getting strikeouts. Kopech could get starts. I think the max is like 10 this year. And I might even be a little bit generous. We'll have to see. But injuries are mounting. Desperations with Chicago. Kopech has been one of the best. I definitely think he can get some starts. But I don't think he has to get starts for you to like justify picking him up. So, yes, I am a believer. Stuff looks elite this year. 
give me some micro and maybe get packs. some of those guys if you're having trouble struggling spending so much on your of your fab budget on closers you can always punt closers and then work on your ratios with guys like michael kopech so Absolutely. i yeah. think i'd rather do that True working that. on our uh working on our podcast ratios with our boy michael govier from the uh, the Palazzo podcast, we'll just call it. Not there you the, go. No, I, I personally like the, hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. I like that, but it is the Palazzo <laughs> podcast. Uh, you do a bunch of others. You do a movie podcast. You've got a couple others of those. you got Roto Fanatic. What do you what do you got to plug, Michael? What do you got to tell the people about? <clears throat> well, I know uh, Bogman's, uh, you know, he's a tough dude, as we just learned a few minutes ago. He got he stabbed. And he's ready to go back to work at night. But uh, <laughs> I actually do the first day pod is a mental health addiction pod. Uh, I'm not shy about it. You know, I'm almost uh, four years in recovery from opioid addiction. I'm very proud of that. So we talk about addiction and mental health with my girlfriend, my wonderful Canadian girlfriend, every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we have fun, too. I mean, we're, we're lighthearted, but, you know, <laughs> we're looking to just, like, tear down barriers and be honest about it. We all have issues. We all have feelings. It happens. So we're trying to be a little more open about it. But, yes, the movie pod, we're having Steve Paolo, who's an excellent fantasy baseball player, himself a west coaster as well on the cinema nine pod thursday we're gonna be talking get shorty that's a lot of fun nice. oh yeah that's a great one i've actually never seen it so i gotta watch it tonight i'll be looking forward oh, to that tonight. nice that's yeah. a good one and uh of course the palazzo podcast which is part of the roto fanatic podcast network two l's two z's rotofanatic.com we have all your needs for fantasy baseball Wow, what a what a sell you did there, Michael. On here, you went you went all salesy. I like it. Well, good. I had stuff, no man. idea you used to be a uh, strip club DJ. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, cherry. Me and Tommy Fam, is... we go way back. Yeah. yeah, you guys do. All right, well, Michael, well, great job. Keep up the great work. Hope people, uh, hopefully, people go and check out MJ Govier is the Twitter handle. All the podcasts are there. Listen to the stuff. Keep up the great work. Be unique. Keep being you, and keep rocking the fantasy baseball world. Thank you, my friend, for uh, spending some time with us. Thanks so much, guys. It's been a privilege and an honor. ITL for life. There you go, friends. That is the show. Thank you, guys. Thank you to Michael. Very good job on his first appearance on In This League. I know dreams come true, Bogman. That's that's what every uh, writer and podcaster's dream is, is to be on this show with us, right? That's of what they course. grow up to be. That's that's why we've got the line of people waiting to come on here, uh, know. you know. I uh, definitely don't have to reach out to people every week. It's definitely nope. a line of people waiting to get on here. We definitely so. don't get told to kick rocks and shove it a lot, a lot. <laughs> I don't think lot. anyone has actually ever used those terms, but yeah, that is that. Um, no, uh, you know, the football guys, the football people, when we, we book them, they really like to tell you how important they are. Like the baseball guy, maybe, and it's a testament to us and where we've gotten in baseball, we don't get a lot of like, hey, way too important for you now. Um, but football, they love to tell you how busy they are and important they are. They, it's their favorite thing. Their favorite thing besides telling you how right they are is telling you how important they are and that they can't come on your show. Hey, uh, not Jake, right? Not Brandon nope. Funston. So there's plenty of football people that are good. But yeah, that has happened a bunch. Yeah, so. that's right. All right. Well, that is the episode. We'll be back with you again on Monday, breaking down all the games. You guys know the drill. I don't have the guest set up for next week, so we'll get that. Maybe another mystery guest. Again, who knows who it could be? It could be um it's not gonna be the president. We 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 were told that the president would not come on the show. Just like oh, really? Yeah. So that yeah. was an unfortunate. Uh, but it could be anybody. What but, about Harris? Will she come on the show? Who? Oh, uh, you know what? Possibility. Maybe. All right. Let's you reach never out. know until you ask, right? You, hey, so. you never know. You never you could tell her all about Alex Kirloff. She'd probably love to hear the you want to tell her right now. Yeah. By the way, I don't know if you guys knew this. Alex Kirloff left with a wrist injury. Same wrist mm. you'd hurt from before. So See? and also Francisco Lindor over his last 24. 
Okay. Well, you know, sometimes you have to reiterate it a couple times to really let it soak in for everybody. Uh, come and check us out. Patreon.com slash ITL Army. we got a secret show got having to happen very, very shortly here on Patreon. So within probably by the time you... Uh, we have the next podcast. There'll be a secret show up on our Patreon. So you want to check that out. Got some live streams that are going to be happening in May. Uh, join us in the group me rooms. Have so much fun. I'm going to try to do a watch party um, on some uh, minor league games. I do that once yeah. or twice a month. Definitely doing at least one this month. So you can join up for that. All the cool stuff. And like I said, you guys want to support us. We appreciate when you do that. Support the independent podcasting. That was you know one of the things about having Michael on. He's a grinder. You know, He's one of those dudes. Not on grinder. I mean, maybe he's on grinder. I'm not judging. I don't care. But he's a grinder of podcasts. And you guys have a lot to do. There's a lot. There's a struggle with it at, at all. And you need the support. And hopefully you can build an audience with enough of the support. That's what we do here. And hopefully you guys dig it and want to hang out. So support him, support us, go over to Patreon, join the audio universe, and follow us on Twitter at is it the Welsh and at Bogman Sports. That's it. You guys can hit us up over the weekend if you want. ITL, we'll check the ball bag uh, before the Sunday episode or the recording, and uh, we will be just rocking out with you again Monday. Check us out on the radio as well for this coming weekend. That's Bogman. I'm Welsh. We're out of here. Goodbye. Alex Kirloff, Herders Risk. See ya. See ya, Matt. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.